back and get ready to have the most fun you ever had with an electronic device. I, I don't particularly care for the frozen one. I like it on the rocks and the salt on the rim, but that's hard to do at home. Are we still talking about drinks? He likes a little salt on the rim. We'd be talking of a couple of different things. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> have a rim salt. Salt on the rim? <laughs> yeah, that's been done before. <laughs> Seems like you have that in your favorites. Let <laughs> me pretend that I don't have that bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome out to the Get On With It Sports Show. It is Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. Jersey Johnny coming at you. And with me, as always, is none other than Mr. Harry Lugnuts. Say hello, Mr. Harry Lugnuts. Hello, Mr. Harry Lugnuts. How the hell are you? Mr. Radio Pete is delayed, so he'll be along, uh, you know, presently. But uh, we're going to start the show for you. Harry we're start, since we're only about a half hour late. We're only about a half an hour late, 24 minutes to be exact, but hey, who's counting? Um, but we'll, uh, we'll get it going. So how was, uh, how's Denver today? It's hot. It's hot, and uh, I think, uh, you know, the Avs blew a, blew a game last night in overtime, and the Nuggets need to win tonight. So, uh, yeah. But I think uh, there's something different about Denver today. Wait, what is it? What um, is different about Denver today? Oh, we have, for the first time in the history – of our professional NBA team, mm-hmm. an MVP. Wow. Isn't that nice? That is amazing. That is amazing. And I would say, other uh, and uh, and even though the national media could give two shits about him, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's very well-deserved. And I, congratulations to the Joker for, um, for winning that MVP award. Now, hopefully tonight uh, they can make a few shots and a few layups that they missed the other night. And uh, and steal one Phoenix, that would be a, that would be a very very good thing. It would very that would be a very good thing. And um, speaking of uh, uh, speaking of well, I want to say speaking of stealing things, but speaking of uh, un, un, you know in that respect or whatever, um, bad things going on in uh, in baseball. Bad things going on in baseball. Well, with pitching and all of that horseshit. Pitching and goop and. Pine tar uh, and the inability to run the inability to run bases and well I mean that doesn't have to anything throw to do the ball the to pitcher. first base no <laughs> the pitchers in that was it spider tack I think that's the uh, that's the brand name of whatever the hell they're putting on the uh, is that the same as fun tack because I used fun, to use that I used to use company. that to keep my Farrah Fawcett poster on there. absolutely absolutely now did you let me ask you a question did you put it over the corners or did you ball it up and put it underneath and push it onto the wall. I don't know what the question is, but um, the fun I, tack. What the, what the definitely? Uh, I would definitely never have the fun pat- tack exposed. That's just right. that's fun tacky. That's very fun tacky. Absolutely. Yes. Just too tacky. No, I would. Uh, I would. I would smooth that out very thin, and then um, hide it nicely behind each corner, and then press it to the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very true. It very would. True. It would sometimes stain your posters. It would. It yeah. Would, well, it would, so that makes you think. What was actually in that fun tack? It might have been more. Might have been more fun than we were not let you know led to believe. Led to believe. Yeah, exactly. Mm, I don't know. But what was weird though? It stained the poster, but didn't stain the wall. No, I think the walls probably uh, a little get a little bit more of a of a less porous finish on it. Hopefully, your walls were not made of paper. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, and, they are uh, technically, but there's a layer of paint over that paper. So. This is true. This is true. 
Usually. Usually, right. Yeah. Although in our era of growing up in New Jersey, many of the walls were uh, were finished with paneling, you know, from Rickle. And, right. and that had a, probably a, a nice toxic petroleum-based high sheen finish on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Had to love it. Like the... Uh, like the uh, the paneling uh, in the uh, in the basement layer, if you know what I'm talking about. The only person who knows what I'm talking about is Harry. So yeah, no, uh, I mean, I, w- I would say in the town that we grew up in, uh, at least fifty percent of the houses had at least twenty five percent of the house covered in paneling, yeah. and then, maybe more, probably a higher percentage. A higher percentage, and then there were some rooms with wallpaper. Lots of wallpaper. Yeah, my mm-hmm. mom loved. Uh, we had a kitchen that was smaller than. Very, very small, and I think there was nine different types of wallpaper in it. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you had to, uh, you know, accessorize, you know. Mm, yeah, I, I don't know. Point. I don't know. I think it was. Um, um, I, I can't see. She couldn't. Maybe she couldn't make up her mind, and she liked all maybe, nine. So she maybe, used maybe there were some on sale, and uh, you know, you only had so many, so much square footage, and they kind of worked together. There you go. They were actually pretty funky. Uh, no, it lots, definitely. I remember lots it of, worked. Lots, lots of oranges and browns, and it was very cool. Things that would be very hip today. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, it, it, it went from that to the to the teal and maroon of the eighties, every, where everything was sort of toothpaste colored. So it was. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like the late seventies influence a little better. Would you like the? Uh, yeah, well, there was yeah teal and uh, teal and maroon. It was the. Uh, oh, was it Aquafresh? Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, that, yeah, toothpaste uh, color. That yeah. look, that look for the, uh, the, the guitars the followed the same suit in the eighties. They were all painted atrocious colors. There, sure. so you know, there was much more natural wood guitars, uh, mm-hmm. just like the paneling in the seventies, and then along came the eighties, and everything was metallic purple. So you didn't like those pink guitars that they had in the eighties? No, no, no. Yeah. They were they were horrible, and they all sounded like horseshit. You ever know anybody that had a pink guitar? Yes, I did. Yeah, uh, uh, one of the worst basses ever made by mankind, either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but hey, you know what? It worked in a pinch. It worked. Yeah, you could almost tell the difference between the notes. <laughs> almost that close. But uh, uh, all right. On uh, on that note, let's uh, let's discuss some uh, let's discuss some baseball while we're waiting for uh, Mr. Radio Pete. Um, yeah. Anyway, so the uh, MLB is cracking down. Uh, what do you think of uh, what do you think of this issue? You think it's you think it's more widespread than just you, Darvish, and a few other pitchers? You, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if it's is it really a thing or is this just uh, are we blowing smoke? Did you see the uh, footage of uh, you, Darvish, at the uh, Mets game last uh, last week when he was uh, no. walking away from he was he faced away he turned around after he threw a pitch and he's uh, walking away from the uh, umpire and they see you see him. Stick his hand inside the by the uh, uh, thumb of his glove, and he's, you know, pulling something off of it with his uh, first two fingers, and then he grabs the ball and starts rolling the ball. Phil Negro would be really happy, really proud, you know. I but mean, Phil, I, ne- I, Phil Negro didn't use spider tack or rosin or anything. Who knows what he used? Phil Negro blew his nose and he's put it vaseline. on the ball. You know, he's vaseline. Yeah, so, but, no, but uh, I mean, the spitballers in the '80s, '70s, and '80s they use vaseline, they, sure. and they put it in the in the, in their glove, you know. Sure. That's why their their glove is so well broken in. Sure. And the heel. Well, they're now they're using rosin, they're using pine tar, sunscreen, even even sweat, even they'll wipe their they'll wipe their brow, you know, their forehead off, and uh, use that whatever they can put on it. You know, part of me doesn't give a shit. It was it, you know as much as as much as I you know the trash can banging of the Astros. I mean, 
I maybe we need more. Maybe maybe the Yankees could use some trash can banging <laughs> to get the the bottom. Well, somebody in the bottom fifth third of their lineup to hit over two hundred. Sure. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how much of it is true. Let's let's see. I mean, uh, Garrett Cole's uh, press conference the other day. I don't know. I don't know if that was just trying to avoid the question or. Uh, I don't really assume guilt from that, but I, I, he's, he obviously was not prepped on how to answer that question. Right, right. Well, I mean, you can't, you can't assume guilt because he didn't answer the question, but you, right. can, you can point a finger at the fact that he paused for about an hour and a half before he even said, I don't know how to answer that. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, hey, you know what? I, even if he is using spider tech, he's not the only one. It's not like he came up with it and just went out. What, and is, what is spider tech? I'm not even sure. That's what they're, they're That's what they're calling it. And, and, why, and why do we want sticky maybe spiders? It is, maybe it is fun tech. I don't know. Yeah. But, or um, is it, is it something so that you can catch spiders? I'm sure. It's probably, maybe I, I maybe uh, it's probably something similar to Roz. If anybody knows and is listening to this, by all means, if you're listening to the audio podcast, you can write in, let us know. Obviously, we can research it. Too. I thought Spider Tack was off a, tonight, so. Spider Tack was an old, uh, an old shortstop from the Pirates. Oh, Spider Tack! Spider Tack, yeah. yeah, exactly. Let's find out what Spider Tack is. What do you think? Spider Tack, Spider Tack. Yeah, you can buy it at Amazon. Uh, <laughs> spider Tack. Pictures is... of spiders came up for me here. It's like. Uh, I think it's just a glove condition. Spider tack competition grade is a is a tacky for loading Atlas stones. It's the uh, stickiest tacky on the market. It maintains its stickiness in the cold and heat better than all of the tackies. I mean, is it really? I mean, it does is it tackier than Orlando? Uh, is it ta- is it tackier than uh, you know Dolly Parton's house? I don't know. I'm not really sure. And I got I got uh, one pulled up. Spider Tack Heavy. Spider Tack Heavy is a thicker version of Spider Tack, the premier tacky for loading Atlas stones in Strongman. Yes. Well, will it impact spin rate? Asking for a friend. And the answer on the interwebs is can confirm it increases spin rate 400 to 500 RPM. My friend Garrett told me. <laughs> well, there you go. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That is what spider tech is. So it's just it's just a heavy, sticky substance that attaches itself to the ball. But I'd be I'd be shocked as to you know umpires do grab the balls, <laughs> baseballs, ladies. And gentlemen. If you ask them nicely, <laughs> if you ask them nicely, right? Um, <laughs> not like uh, like some other people, but in any event, um, you know, wouldn't they feel it? Wouldn't they see it? I mean, you know, unless it's like a clear substance, I, I'm assuming it is. But still, wouldn't it? Uh, it's not like it's not like once they throw it and it hits the catcher's mitt, it falls off. I guess, yeah. what is an atlas stone? Is an atlas stone what you use in curling? I'm assuming. It said it's yeah. strongman, so that, yeah. that has to be. Uh, oh, or, or the, yeah. So it's a so so it's like a weight, a power lifter. It's, it's a power lifter's uh, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. okay. Yeah, so that's, that's what I got out of it. So. Spider tack. So it's it's used so that you, you can improve your grip. Right, right. Improve your grip. All righty, then. Now we know what yeah. spider tack is. Um, and nonetheless, an illegal substance, you know, has it, is it on the illegal substance list? I'm assuming, you know what? Maybe it isn't, maybe it isn't. And it needs to be, uh, bottom line is they're assuming, um, major league baseball is, uh, is, uh, assessing that there's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 70% 
of the pitchers. Well, did uh, um, did did Garrett Cole not use it his last time out? Because that would explain why he got shellacked for the first time this year. Well, that's what they're saying now because he hasn't quote unquote hasn't been using it, and his spin rate has been way down. So they're 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 assuming that he stopped using it, and that's why his spin rate isn't. And they're also assuming that you know he was a decent pitcher in uh, in Pittsburgh. But he blew up when he went to Houston, and if he went to Houston, and Houston was playing all those Houston games, and that's what the, that's what they kept in the trash cans. With there you spider go. Tag. They handed him a thing at Spider Tag and said, "Here, use this. It'll improve your spin rate." And sure enough, uh, you know, he he winds up uh, blowing up and does what he does in Houston, and the Yankees give him a big contract. He stops using it, and there you go. Well, why would he not give it to Talon then? <laughs> <laughs> Who the hell knows? Uh, I think all the Yankee pitchers could use a little Spider Tag. Uh, would probably, uh, would probably actually, the Yankees pitching has been okay. It, it's just they can't score runs right. at all. Uh, that's it, the that's the bigger issue. Right it's there. yeah. The, I mean, if, if if everybody stops using spider tack, and that means you know, uh, Clint Frazier can hit one ninety eight as opposed to one seventy three, then then that'd be great. Well, uh, you would hope that if they all stopped using spider tech, they would all be able to hit like uh, 298 instead of 178. Well, the bottom of the Yankees lineup is never going to hit 298. Well, this so. is true. This is true. You would hope, though. You can hope things. So, yeah. But um, I'll give you a guess. I'll give you a hint. Uh, I don't know if you know this. You may know it. Um, who, who was the actual one that, that dimed out um, uh, people, if you will, pitchers around the league uh, three years ago in 2018, saying that 70% of the pitchers uh, use – Either spider tack or rosin or pine tar or sunscreen or something on their balls for spin rate. Um, what do you think uh, that would? Who do you think that was? I don't know. I uh, I don't keep track of reports on what people put on their balls. That would be Mr. Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer. Trevor there Bauer. you go. Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Um, yeah he. Uh, what a, What does Trevor Bauer use on his balls? <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe a little olive oil. Rosemary. I don't know. I don't know. I don't really know. I don't want to know. I don't either. I'm just yeah. spitballing. So. No and that time. comes full circle. And now we're back to spitballing. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I look, this has been going on since the history of baseball. Of course. Of um, course. There's not, there's every now, nowadays we just have too much technology and, uh, sure. and you can't, you can't just charge the amount and beat the crap out of somebody every once in a while either. So it's, uh, Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not as much fun anymore. What was the uh, uh, what was the other thing? Um, oh, was a major league uh, the uh, old guy, uh, the old pitcher, uh, telling uh, Charlie Sheen that he puts you know puts everything on it, uh, even Vaseline and uh, Crisco, even Vagisil <laughs> on it. And he yeah. says if he if he, uh, uh, if, he um, if he runs out or if he gets if he gets caught using any of that stuff, he just rubs a little jalapeno in his nose. And then every now and then just rubs his nose and puts that on it. So, there you go. That's the, that's exactly how it was written in the script. That's what it said. That's what it said. <laughs> so, but, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of truth out of that, though. It's yeah. not like they just made that up. Well, that's what I'm saying. Vaseline was the, was the go-to. I mean, you know, there were a lot of junk ball pitchers in the day, too. And if you put – if you're loading up a knuckleball, boy, it's going gonna, it's gonna to move around a lot more. Exactly. Exactly. Well, we will uh, we'll see how that all plays out. But uh, there's there's a couple other issues that have been going on uh, the last uh, at least the last week anyway. You always bust my chops 
about umpires getting bad calls. And, of course, you knew I was going to jump in and say uh, last night's game in uh, in Baltimore with the Mets. Right. Um, you know, the double play that wasn't, mm-hmm. uh, even though it was reviewed. And, and you could tell he was safe. Uh, you could tell he was, uh, he was out. Um, one one uh, one of the uh, shots looked like he could have been safe, but he was he was out. But as close as that play was, it didn't really matter because the Mets got their asses handed to them last night. So it doesn't it, it, that it wouldn't whether it was whether he was out or not, <laughs> it was the the Mets weren't winning that game because of that play. Be, uh, but um, another uh, call, and uh, I'll let you take the floor for this one. Is that um, is that strike three outside pitch on Sunday night? It was, I mean, on Odor, it was, yeah. it was way outside. It, was, I mean, it wasn't even close. It wasn't even close. And it's it was just, almost a foot outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like, I like how they're calling it questionable. Uh, the sporting u- news actually had a headline, which I think got it right. right. Yankees rough net Odor victimized by horrendous missed strike call in ninth inning versus Red Sox. Unbelievable. So it, it, that's what it was. It was horrendous. Now, does it mean the, the does it mean the Yankees would have uh, scored two more runs and tied the game? I don't know. Yeah, but, no. but, I mean, but, you, they, but you certainly don't want to lose on that on that pitch. And well, the, and, the game was tied because that was that set, that that pitch that strike three sent the game into extra innings. Right. Right. So if they if he had if he had just gotten if Odor had just gotten a hit. You know, if that, he called that a ball in the next uh, the next pitch, no. whether he walked him or if he got in a hit, uh, it was a it was a walk off. Oh yeah, was, man, man on third, uh, yeah. winning run was on third, winning run on third, and uh, yeah, I mean it was it was the Yankees put themselves in that situation in that game again, yeah. and you know they just just little things here and there that they're just not doing well and. And yeah, that's horrible. You know, you don't. You obviously don't want to be swept by the Yankees at home. No. And I mean, by the Red Sox at home, and uh, the Yankees are in a little bit of a tailspin. Now, look, they're they're still above five hundred. They're they still they you know probably be in first place in a couple divisions. For sure, absolutely. But they're just. It seems as if their offense is so inconsistent. I mean, I think they went. What three games and scored four runs? Well, yeah. Here's the stats from the uh, forgetting about last night's win against the right. Twins. Yeah, because a lot of that was late, late innings, right. garbage time, padding so, score. So taking that taking that game out of uh, of the uh, equation here, the the previous ten games they went two and eight. Uh, Offense wise, they scored two point seven runs per game over those ten games, and a lot of that was jacked up because they had. One game or, or two games where they scored a decent amount. Sure, I, I think. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to look back at what the scores were, but yeah. it it just seemed like they their offense wasn't bad. It was anemic. It was, it was really, it was, really, really bad. The, their team batting average for those ten games was two eighteen. Right. Even worse, their batting average, team batting average with runners in scoring position was one twenty two. And that and that's that's you hit the nail on the head. That because they do the Yankees have players. Who have a pretty high on base percentage. They are, you know, Lemay. Lemay, who's got his average is way down this year. He's striking out more than 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 usual, but his on base percentage is still pretty good because he's walking. Right. Um, you know, same thing with 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 somebody like with, with like Judge. Even even Sanchez, his on base percentage is a lot higher than their average because they do get on base. And the Yankees have really really struggled mm-hmm. with 
runners in scoring position. Uh, and, and, and that's the problem. I mean, against the Tigers, against the Tigers, mm-hmm. the Tigers, the Tigers, they scored four runs in a three game series against the Blue Jays. They won five to three, but they, but they, they scored two runs in the previous two losses. Yep. You know, uh, you know, you go to the Rays series, you know, they, 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 they beat the Rays two out of three. And you're like, or maybe they're turning it around, but they still won with not, not scoring very much. Right. And then, then they got blown out in the, in the last game with, with the Rays. And then, you know, they just, they just can't score against the Red Sox. They can't. And um, they, they're putting people in scoring position. They just can't close the deal. Right. That's better than not having anybody in scoring position because I do think eventually – Eventually that'll change. Maybe yeah. that'll change a little bit. Here's another thing that plagued them for those 10 games too. They hit into nine double plays. A lot. Yeah. And, and their defense, the Yankees have a lot of people playing out of position. The, 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 the two oh, yeah, biggest – Situate the, the two biggest disappointments for the Yankees this year are two guys who are not playing right now. Aaron Hicks, his injury has really disrupted the outfield, especially especially defensively. Yep. And with um, Voigt being hurt at first base, it really puts the Yankees back in a situation where they have people playing out of position. The mm-hmm. the the Yankees, who is really playing with the, with the exception of the platoon and catcher. Who who on the Yankees is actually playing most games in their most natural position? Very few. Very few. Torres Very few. Is, isn't even always a shortstop. I don't think Torres is in that. So they have three second basemen. Yeah, yeah they do. Or if you count Tyler Wade. Okay. True. So Odor, Lemayhu, Torres, and 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 uh, Tyler Wade are all second basemen. Right. Okay. You have Andor. <laughs> Who's is he a third baseman? Okay, he's a third baseman. Well, he's a th- yeah, he's yeah, a third baseman. Yeah, um, and, and now you got Wade play, and Wade's doing okay in the outfield. But I mean, Aaron Judge in center field—that's a tough one. That's a very tough one. That's a tough one. I mean, he's he been struggling. Be, he, he he's be been struggling right nowhere been, else, and he's been struggling a little bit in right field. And so, you're going to take your best player and put more wear and tear on his body by playing yeah. him in the center field. And again, street clothes Stanton is out. Right, and it's just he's hanging out with AD. He's hanging out with AD, uh, and uh, the, the AD doesn't have to play anymore. Stan, you know, I mean, AD's uh, done until November, October, November. So. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, it's just bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, with a little luck, they'll turn it around. But here's the here's he's back. The, he's back in the lineup today. The the, the game is is being delayed and. You know, Andahar's playing left field, so there's a third baseman playing third left baseman field. On the, uh, yeah. We had this experiment last year because I like Andahar's bat in the lineup, but Urshela's right. a you know when Andahar was a starting third baseman, Urshela would come in in the late innings for defense. Right. So you know it, it's uh, you know Gardner's back in center field. We got a 45 year old center fielder, and uh, Judge is back in right, and yeah. uh, you got Andahar in left because he's hitting. 50, 60 points higher than Clint Frazier or. (laughs) uh, uh, People out of position is like all over, especially in New York, too, because, I mean, the Mets Mets are even worse. Yeah, you got, I mean, uh, uh, whatchamacallit. Um, uh, Yeah, Dominic Smith. Dom Smith is uh, is, he's a first baseman. 
And, yeah. I mean, you know, statistically, uh, glove-wise, defense-wise, he's a better first baseman than Pete Alonso. But you want Pete Alonso's glove in, and Pete Alonso's not playing anywhere other than first base. Right. So you Pete Alonso would be a great American League player. Right. You throw Dom Smith out. And, but he's doing pretty good. Pete Alonso's doing pretty decent. I don't think Pete Alonso's a decent. bad first base. No, no, no. He's good. He's good. He's just – but Dom Smith is out in left field. And he has been improving, and he has been playing well in left field. And what's really good – what's really cool about it is whenever they do give Pete a day off from defense and they, they throw um, Dom Smith on first base, he, is, he doesn't miss a step. He, he's playing first base like he plays first base every day. Well, here's the you interesting know? thing is that the Mets are playing in Baltimore, so they have the DH going today. They're up 7-1, yep. by the way. Yep. And they have Smith DHing. They have Alonzo at first and Smith DHing. So with the, with the exception of maybe McKinney, I mean, they're, 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 they're healthier than they were two weeks ago. Right. You know, with VR and Lindor back, Alonzo playing first base, McCann still in at center, Pilar's in left. Lars a left fielder, yeah. you know. Williams is playing center, and 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 Peraza is playing second base. Eh, okay, um, they're they're starting to at least get back into a groove. But right. this this disproves your point of of having Smith DHing today with Alonzo playing first base. But you know, it, it tells you that maybe there's something mental with Alonzo playing the field and not wanting to DH. Which I understand. There are some players who don't transition well to not really playing both sides of the, true. Of the game. True, very true. Um, and just to, to the note you said before, um, Mets are up 7-1. to one. You know who was the uh, starting pitcher for uh, uh, for Baltimore tonight, right? Yeah, Matt Harvey. That would be correct, yeah. yeah. Eight, hits, the, seven, eight hits, seven earned runs. Yep, and, he, and it's the top of the fourth, and he's right. out already. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, he had his early uh, early season hurrah and, you know. And, yeah, and now he's back to uh, back to earth. So, but I mean, I, I feel bad. Uh, not that the Mets are beating him. I just feel bad for him in general. He's a good guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think you should feel better about what Walker's doing. I mean, his he's Taiwan Walker's really, really. He was. I mean, uh, his, he was his, his, his ERA is two point two one. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, I got a couple other stats about that. But uh, somebody's about to join us. It looks like he is anyway. We have a blank screen. Ladies and gentlemen, it's J Lo. J Lo, up oh, there he is. There he is. <laughs> How are you, J Lo? How are you? It's uh, Pete. Al- it's Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo is is coming to us from the dugout in Baltimore. That's right. Absolutely. What? It's a little dark in the now? dugout right now. So. Who knows what's going on? <laughs> right, well, at least the voice is there. Yes. If we can't see him, we can hear him. Let's see what happens when I press the old having issues button. <laughs> That's not even on your computer. Start with us. Chat <laughs> with us. Is that, what, is, that, is that when you grab certain parts of your body and scream loudly? <laughs> Help! Help! <laughs> I'm having issues. <laughs> Wait, when you do that outside of the Walgreens, it usually helps. They left. You know what's funny? If he didn't come back on at all. <laughs> no. That'd be the highlight of the show. <laughs> that would be funny. That'd be hysterical, actually. <laughs> but uh, in any event, um, back back to the Yankees while Pete gets his uh, gets his camera together. Um, before we move on to the Mets for a second, uh, I, I had one question for you. With all that was going on, there he is. There he is. <laughs> I had the wrong camera. 
Look at that. The Polaroid doesn't work for the podcast. I've got two cameras. What can I say? Uh-oh. You know what it is? I got a... One's for your OnlyFans. It's the wide angle. That was the other one for the OnlyFans account. The laptop exactly. has a camera, which the other laptop did not have. Gotcha. And so there was only one to hook up to. Now I have two. I have two. And hey, uh, the other one's you... like, uh, let's let's go with the one that has nothing on it. So you have, one, of... you have one mounted up here, and then you have one mounted down here, right? That's what... The the OnlyFans one the is only on the ones. table, yes, exactly. gotcha. and it's gotcha. on right now. <laughs> Absolutely, I don't well, like to waste. I don't like to waste time. I'm a multi uh, uh, and, and John and I are your OnlyFans. <laughs> well, you know, as long as you guys pay, I don't care. There you go. <laughs> I'm not paying. I got a I got, I got, got a free. We got free, free, free trials. We got free trials. That that Best Buy gift I, card is gonna got, wear, I, it's gonna I, run out of money soon. Absolutely, I got a coupon. Oh jeez. Um, we were just wrapping up the Yankees uh, before you uh, came on. We actually started a little Mets talk because they're up 7-1 to one and Matt Harvey got bounced out of the game. Eight hits, seven earned runs. But um, just How to wrap he up. How's overall? I have uh, no idea. Not as good as he was doing in the beginning of the season. He's tailed off. His last that, couple starts have not been good. That's to be expected, though, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, as far as the Yankees go, we, were, we talked about uh, the uh, the uh, c- couple issues. We yeah, talked about the – uh, you know, no, I'm not going to read. We, we talked about that one pitch uh, no, that was I, I, like I a foot and a half we're, outside we're the strike zone. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not bringing it up again. I'm just saying, based on that, though, Aaron Boone did not get thrown out of the game. No. The other coaches did, but he did well, not. Now, do you, do, you, do you fault him for keeping a level head, or do you think he should have just gone crazy on that? Listen, Booney is yeah. kind of a calm guy. And uh, I, listen, I, I think. I don't. What was Aaron Boone's managerial experience before coming to the Yankees? He um, he hit a home run. He hit a home run in a game. In a game, and it was high profile. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, I mean, people in Boston hate him, and that's something to be said if you're a Yankee. Here's the thing: Bucky Dent's still alive. This is right, and they still hate him. Mm -hmm. And yeah, what I'm saying is he's available. I think they actually. I think I think they use Bucky's middle name in Boston whenever they refer to him. Uh, yeah, f- friggin'. Look, if, if, right, Aaron, right. If, right, Bucky F and Dent and Aaron. If, Sta- if Steinbrenner was still around, <laughs> if Steinbrenner was still around, Girardi would have never taken a job with the Phillies because he would have been. We'd have known that he would have been the manager again by now. Right. Yeah. Here's the thing. I'll just say this, and then I don't necessarily think it's entirely his fault. It never I'm, is. And I'm gonna no, 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 no. I'm gonna put the word entirely in there because. When did he ever learn some of these intricacies of managing? Right. Never. He never had a chance. Now, he's been the manager for how long? A couple of seasons now, right? This is third, third season? This yeah. is third. So you would think that – but oh, he's, a, he's an analytics guy. Mm-hmm. So, Which I'm is why even, he got hired in the first I'm not even sure he's an analytics guy. He's a guy well, he's, who just he's a to the he's analytics. A do, yeah, he's a – right. He's a do-what-he's-told kind of guy. Right. Where are the Oakland A's analytics guys? They just seem to be able to manage the game a little better. And, oh, by the way, they, they have more wins with far less of a payroll. Yeah, well, you know, so I don't I don't know if he's really – I mean, if you don't really get to be a manager, then how do you learn to really be a manager? Now, having right. said that, you ought to be ranting and raving and kicking dirt and throwing your hat and making sure that you are tossed out of the game after bullshit like that. Right. And anybody should really know that. But I'm just saying I don't I mean, think that we, part of the yeah. job of managing is completely foreign to him. He right. did not. It's completely foreign to most managers. Right. Except, exactly. except the 
school guys were still around. Right. Anybody, anybody who's coming up through the minors. The, the Lou Pinella training. Yeah. The, the Lou Pinella training video obviously did not make it onto his, uh, you know, TikTok <laughs> account. Right. But I mean, this isn't just the home plate. Home plate should have been picked up and thrown across oh, the field. At least, hey. yeah. Whatever was close to the edge of the dugout should have been emptied onto the field. Absolutely. Uh, who, was it Pinella that used to do that? Who? Or, yeah. No, Tommy uh, Lasorda sometimes. Yeah. And, and when even, he was really mad. And even if that wasn't the case, after the game, he should have been ranting. There should he should have been fined for his comments about the officiating after the game. Absolutely, he should have been fined twice. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, now, based on that. All right, not, not not just solely on that, but what's been going on with the lineup and so forth and so on. Everybody's, you know, a lot of people are calling, or the the, the calls for Boone to go bye bye are beginning. Beginning, and, yeah, you think? Well, like like well, I said, that, depends heavy, on like, which bar you're in. Well, for yeah. real, you know, like the the, the actual the ex, not just the talk of, of the well, people. Well, it's the Yankees, that, so the expectations yeah. are higher. But and, now, whose fault is it though? Is it more Boone's fault or is it more Cashman's fault? I. I, I I you know what I, Boone I didn't, feel. Boone didn't sign these players. No, Cashman. you know how I feel. I thought Cashman has been very lax in getting the Yankees pitching. He's been, other than the signing of Cole, which is great, and we all kind of knew that was coming. Sure, but you knew he couldn't do it alone, and he also let kind of quietly a number of other pitchers go. He put a lot of faith in 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 Severino and what I call his kind of bargain bin shopping that he did. Yep. And, and, and now we got one guy on the, on the DL and another one who's proven, you know, maybe, maybe he's just not, doesn't have a comeback in him. Right now, other than Cole Montgomery has been the Yankees best pitcher. Uh, Herman's been okay. So the Yankees have, I think a good three, four, they need that too. Mm-hmm. And they didn't yeah. go out and get it. And I also, I also think they've made some bad moves in letting they they are so stubborn when it comes to Clint Frazier and Gary Sanchez. I mean, they were stubborn on Bird for a number of years, yeah. and yet and yet they're letting guys go like Talkman. Great, granted, Talkman's not hitting a ton higher, but he's hitting game-winning home runs, and he's and he's making incredible defensive plays, sure. which the Yankees can dearly use right now. Yeah, and who's he playing for? San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, got a good team around him. He does. Yeah, he does. But um, but yeah, they, obviously they, they hold on to these they hold on to these mistakes right. for way too long. He didn't go to long. Detroit. He didn't, it just... Yeah, they, they, every, it's, there's always a guy that they're hanging on to for way too long. With the right. Mets, it's about four. Yeah, right. Right. There could be there could be a minimum of two or three every season. But there's always a guy with the Yankees in that case. Um, but the I mean the pitching is if you look at the Yankees now the pitching is. Still, the strong point of this team. Now, that's it's the strong point of every team. Yeah, right. With the exception of maybe. So, I, 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 I mean, you can sort sort of say it's it's the uh, the cart before the horse. In other words, the pitching is okay. So, in that respect, you have to, I guess, give Cashman kind of a pass. Right. Or. You could or say, not. well, it could be so much better, so maybe we don't yeah, give the pass. It should be, though. I mean, you know it what? It should it, be better. It doesn't matter because he's going to get the pass. He's not. They're not going to keep Boone and fire Cashman, and they're not going to fire no. Cashman, period. I don't no. think they're going to fire Boone either. It depends on – well, nothing's going to happen during the season. That's not the Yankees' way. You know, it's not – Well, here, just, here's, here's it always was. It was. Not, here's, well, the, here's the thing about the now. Yankees that, that I, I think. Right. We've been saying for 
what is it, June? Is it June already? It is June. June. So 9th. we've been saying for a little while now. Yep. Just wait till the Yankees come around. Right. Right. We were saying even not maybe not two weeks ago, but a couple of three, three, four weeks ago. Sure. Eh, they're going to come alive. They should run away with this division, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting close to the point where we can kind of stop saying that. Yeah. Oh, I didn't, I never thought they would run away with the division, but I thought they'd win 100 games. Well, they, they, and, they're, they and they're certainly not on par to do that. Having but said we that. But we didn't think Boston was yeah. you know, going to be where they were. We expected Tampa Bay to kind of be where they were, but maybe not quite as good because they lost a few of that pitching staff. That, right. You know, um, but yeah, maybe but they have just, something that the Yankees maybe, don't have anymore. Well, they, they'd be they, have, maybe the Yankees just they're, they're not going to blossom and become a significantly better team in the second half of the season. And maybe they will because they're the Yankees and they might bring some kid up who starts hitting home runs and, you know, Severino's starts pitching lights out and this and that, you know, they're entirely possible. But I, I don't sure. think that is a likely scenario and it's right. going to be a hard slog for them. And maybe, you know, and not and then, and when that's the case, then you can say, okay, well, Cashman didn't get enough pitching. We thought it was going to be easier. It's not easier. He should have known that. Sure. And then I think you can start putting a lot more blame on his shoulders. Then we got a, got a comment from uh, John Donovan here. He says, they don't have a well-constructed roster, way too right-handed, also to rely on Judge Stanton, who can't stay in the lineup. That's on Cashman. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he makes a lot of points. They tried to go out and, 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 at least, and get a lefty, but they, they didn't. Um, and I, I, I look, we talked about this earlier. Stanton's been the biggest disappointment. The, the, sure. He's he's been he's been the highest, even more so than Cole. He's been the highest profile Yankees offseason signing, free agent signing mm-hmm. since A Rod. And he just he he just it has not been on the field enough. And I I would argue that he's he had one decent postseason series. Other than that, he's been pretty darn disappointing yeah and uh i don't does anybody fear him with the game on the line any pitcher like here maybe yankee fans and as good as aaron judge is it's the same thing right. judge is a free swinger and will chase and yeah he's 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 the yankees most productive offensive player right now and, and I like Judge. I, I think he's the person they, they're building this team around. But they just, with LeMahieu's dip, they don't have anybody who reliably will get a hit in the clutch situation. Now, Andohar's coming around a little bit. Uh, Urshela's coming around a little bit. Even Torres is starting to hit a little bit more. If those guys can get into the 270s and start, to, and the biggest problem is the Yankees need to drive runs in with with runners in scoring position. Right. That is where they are having an incredibly miserable season right now. Sure. Absolutely. But we know, do but we they, know how but much they, they had a bad series. They split against Tampa Bay. They had a bad series against Detroit. They had a bad series, which they should have won one out of three against the Red Boston, Sox. Yeah. So there's still four games over what? Three three or four games over five hundred. They they'd be one game out in in certain divisions, they'd be percentage point. They'd be percentage points out of first place in the National League East. Mm-hmm. So they're playing in a tough division. You know, between Tampa, Boston, the Yankees, and the Blue Jays, you have four teams who I have no argument. You you could make an argument could win the, could win the not only win that division but challenge to win the American League. 
Right. Now the uh, the Athletics are are looking good. The Astros are where we thought they would be. But the Athletics always kind of do this. Will they be there in the end? They seem to falter in the playoffs because they don't have the, the 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 they have the opposite kind of roster. They're they're the New York Knicks of baseball. They can impress you a little bit enough to win and sort of overachieve in, in the regular season, but they're just not built for that postseason push. And then yeah, they're not really a threat to do it until they do it, and then right. you can start to. Uh, Yankees are. I I assume they're paying all of of us. Um, Giancarlo's contract, Spence. right? Oh, yeah. To, yeah, they took it all. I, but, I mean, it was a, it was considered a steal, wasn't it, when the deal was made? I mean, it's a big contract. but I mean, Compared no. to contracts now, they, maybe, they up, but then, yeah, no. Right, but, I mean, but they gave up nothing for him, basically, right? And no, it was a free agent. No, it wasn't, no, it gave, wasn't, the, it wasn't a trade, was it? Yeah, they gave yeah, it was a trade. Strong and, every, and everybody went, oh, oh right, Jeter right. taking care of his own, you know, his old team. Mm-hmm. Little did they know, he was... A genius. Stabbing him in the back. But the, the, we, I don't think we would be talking about where the Yankees are right now if Tampa Bay didn't simultaneously go seven and three in their last ten games. You know, the Yankees are three and seven. Tampa went the up the mirror image of that, and that's why the Yankees are six and a half games out of first place. Mm-hmm. Now they should be able to sweep. They should. They should, and they 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 better. You know, beat the Twins, but they had a rough time of that. Their bats finally woke up, and they padded the score a little bit with some late inning, you know, uh, bonus runs with 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 Sanchez's home run. Right, but that's really been the difference because Boston, Toronto, Baltimore—they're they're all basically sort of playing five hundred ball in this last two weeks. But Tampa's taken that next leap forward, and the Yankees had a. Two bad series. Now, before that, when they swept the White Sox, we were saying, all right, maybe the Yankees are finally on track. But then they lay an egg against Detroit. They don't look great against Tampa, even though they split that series with Tampa. Right. And then and then they lost, they got swept by the Red Sox, which is yeah, why they, those were high-profile games. A lot right. of them were on national television. And it shows the anemic nature of this Yankees offense, especially with runners in scoring position. Yep. I don't. This is the other thing I'm going to say about these Yankees team. Baseball-wise, this is the dumbest Yankees team I've ever seen on the field <laughs> in years. You heard maybe, it here, folks. Maybe ever. Their baseball IQ is that of a Kardashian. It's low. The difference is that the Kardashians know how to score in the ratings, whereas the Yankees don't know how to score on the field. Wow, that was take very that, well put. Look at that, that, Colin Coward. Put that on your crawl. All right, here's a prop. <laughs> here's a prop bet for you. Go for it. This is uh this is uh, Stan's contract, mm-hmm. all right. Remaining monies for starting with this year. Uh, this will be in millions, by the way. Okay. <laughs> this, this would be in millions. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you love to have a a, a a salary negotiation where 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 you you get to say that? Well, yeah. we're, 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 let's just be clear. This is in the millions. This, this is, is in millions. The numbers I'm going to re- repeat to you are in millions. I'm going to write down a number. Right. I had six zeros, but I'm too tired. I'm too tired to write all the. Uh, I'm just gonna. Yeah, I don't feel like writing. I'm gonna write down the first number. You put the commas and the zeros. I get confused with the zeros and where the comma goes. I got a carpal tunnel from writing all the zeros. All right, here's the numbers: twenty nine, twenty nine, thirty two, thirty two, thirty two, twenty nine, twenty five, and twenty twenty eight with a twenty five million dollars. However, a club option for a ten million dollar buyout. So here's the prop bet: Will the Yankees? 
buy Giancarlo Stanton out for $10 million in 2028 if they can't get rid of him before 2028. That. Holy 2028. shit. Uh huh. Imagine uh-huh. how many times he's going to strike out in 2028. <laughs> they could he's buy got- him out for 22 million and they would probably do that. Yeah. It would save them three million. Uh, when twenty twenty seven's over, they're going to hand them a ten million dollar check in an envelope and say bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. Or... You never know. Maybe all of a sudden he's just like has a resurgence and he's he's what he was in Miami for the next seven years. You know, you know. He won't. Um, be. Uh, hey, you know what? Hey, I'm just spitballing here. I, I mean, um, if, if 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 he could become Scott Brocious, mm-hmm. I'd be happy. Scotty <laughs> F and Brocious, you know. Scotty F and Brocious. <laughs> you just got to put the F in it. There's a lot of guys with that middle name. There's a lot of guys that have the same middle name. Let's all right. Here, here, here's here's how to, I think to look at it better. Right. That's how they call their names when the former Yankees go to Boston. They go out to a restaurant. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, Brocious, F and Brocious, Brocious, mother, motherfucking dent. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Cock sucking A Rod. Your fucking uh, table's ready. Your fucking table's ready. <laughs> it's in Worcester. Get in the car. Uh, so here's the t- here's the highest paid players this season. Okay. Giancarlo Stanton is number 15. Okay. He's making about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars more than Jacob DeGrom, who's number 60. Altuve is number 14. Zach Granke is number 13. Now, here, here's where it get. Uh, maybe there's a couple players who are getting overpaid a little bit more than Stan, but okay. only two that I could say. Okay. So the next two are the ones that I think are getting overpaid. Miguel Cabrera. So this is this is a precursor of what long-term contracts, yeah, but- sluggers, who depreciate. So Miguel Cabrera and Albert Pujols are bo- both making $1 million more than Giancarlo Yeah, but here. you you know as well as I do, and we've talked about it before, those particular contracts are, right. uh, you know, payment for what they did years and, ago. And right now I'll take pool holes over Stan. Right. Okay, Clayton Kershaw is number nine. Mm-hmm. Trevor, or ten. Trevor Bauer is number nine. David Price is number eight. Okay, that's a that was a that was a little bit of a risk on the Dodgers, but he's yeah. paid off. He's paid yeah. off last year. Yeah, um, yeah. No, that's, Steve, that's true. Steven Stroudsburg, Justin Verlander. Okay, number five's. This one's a little tough. Manny Machado. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. No, Max Scherzer, Nolan Arenado, Garrett Cole, and Mike Trapp. Yep. So when you look at it in the context of the highest paid, he's the 15th highest paid player this year. And, and obviously he's going to probably stay in that area for at least the next five or six years. Sure. But they've got him under contract for the next seven years. Yeah. Yep. After this year, said this I mean, year, and then seven. Yeah. It, 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 if if it was just a production issue, then I'd be like, okay, but he can't stay on the field, and he can no longer play the outfield. So he's a designated hitter that can't hit because he can't stay on the field, and he, and he 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 he's he's like that 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 uh you know a bad boyfriend. He has one week where he's he's living up to his promises. And then after that, it's back to the same old stuff. And then he disappears because he's hurt. Right. It's, um, it's been the worst signing, I think, since uh, – what's his name? Who was this center fielder that they signed from Boston? Ellsbury. Yeah. I mean, El- Ellsbury was way worse. Right. But, but this is bad. Yeah. Ellsbury never played. No. 
How many games did he actually play for the Yankees? Seasons he was sitting out for, you know. If only only the first season. <laughs> he he got um, played to he got paid to rehab. Yeah, pretty much. Although I think um, well, I, I did he come back a little bit and he was just her- ta- terrible and then he, he got, hurt again, got right? hurt again. Yeah. 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 And then I think they really didn't mind that he wasn't coming back. No, and then they paid him for another <laughs> two yeah. years. Him for another two years. So yeah. Uh, like, yeah, take your time. Maybe you need a few few more minutes on the bike. You know, he, he, don't, he, don't he, hustle back. He signed a seven-year, $153 million contract with the Yankees before the 2014 season. Yep. So technically, this would have been the last year of that contract. Seven. So he's like the – Yeah. No, last year would have been. Yeah, and and he got and, and he's I think he's still getting paid twenty one million for twenty twenty one. There you go. So he's the um, he's the he's the, uh, he's the Bobby Vanier of the Yankees. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but he's Bobby Vanier only gets a million and a half. Yeah, uh, I know, but he does absolutely <laughs> nothing for it. Right. <laughs> well, but, I guess uh, Ellsbury does nothing for it either. On the on those notes you mentioned before with the with those salaries, uh, and you you put price in there, and and you're talking about the Dodgers and everything else. Um, switch over to the Mets really quick. Uh, Mets team ERA is three oh five. They're they're second in the entire league. Behind the Padres is number one, uh, mm-hmm. and they're two eighty three, and they're ahead of the Dodgers with team ERA. Dodgers are three twenty six. So now a lot of that is because of Mister Degrom. Uh, Jacob Degrom's ERA is down to zero point six two. Um, yeah, what what is what is the and his batting year? average is like four eighty. His is batting average is five ninety one. Uh, five ninety one is his batting. What's the combined uh, ERA of uh, B, C, D, and E? Uh, more <laughs> more than that. more than that. More than yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but if it's, uh, you know what? if it's three and he's less than well, one, but no, they, they have three uh, guys under under three. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, uh, Stroman and and Taiwan Walker are, uh, are under are, three, are, like under under two point five. Stroman is oh wow I didn't think it was a, I thought yeah. he was a round three. Taiwan's a two point two and I think Stroman's like two point four five or something. Like Got that. it right here. Um, but uh, I have a question while I look that up. Do you guys think that uh, Degrom has a, a legitimate chance of uh, Marcus Stroman's ERA is two four one, and Taiwan Walker is two one two one. I was, off, I was off by point four. You were off by point four. Yeah, you're exactly. just not a fan. Look at that. Um, do, you, do you think DeGrom has a legitimate no. chance this year of breaking Bob Gibson's 1.12 yeah. ERA record? I, I think he does. The only thing that's going to hurt and help the Mets, but hurt his chance of doing that, is mm-hmm. if he stays healthy, they're going to, they're, they've learned that they can push him a little bit more deeper right. into the game. Mm-hmm. And so there might be a garbage run here or there that, you know, hurts that a little right. bit, maybe. Right. Um, but I, I think he's got the, I think he's got the, best legitimate chance that I've seen out of pitchers in the last 15 years. In nine starts, he's given up four runs. Yeah. And three of them were home runs. Yeah. Three of them I were mean, solo, solo and they've scored. Maybe he, maybe he has to stop using spider tack too, but I hope not. <laughs> I, they're, 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 everybody's swearing up and down that he does not use anything. Well, he, he, here's a little stat. To maybe his own, just, uh, just, here's a little stat to make Yankee fans essence. even sadder than, than okay. What's the Yankees that? have paid – Jacoby Ellsbury or will have paid Jacoby Ellsbury this by the end of the season sixty eight million dollars for zero games played. Mm-hmm. I would have done it for half that. Yeah, exactly. I would have done it. I would have done it for a quarter of that. I would have done it for one sixty eighth that. 
I would have done it to play in every game. <laughs> I would have went out there with one leg. I would have played, played, and, played and sucked, and they they would have. How can you get mad at me? Makes like eighty dollars a game. I still think I could. I, I still think I could hit higher. If you pay me that much money, well, you can, I would hire the best sitting coach. Any of us I, can I, hit higher than somebody that's not playing at all. So. And I definitely could hit higher than Clint Frazier oh, uh, this year. Well, well, at least it gives us something to talk about. This is true. I this mean, if the Yankees were great and cruising along, it'd be boring. And they say the curse of the Bambino isn't over. Yeah. Well, the Mets have a lot of have a few other issues too, because like P- Peterson's had two horrible games. It's this is he's the first Mets starter after last night's shellacking, if you will. He's the first Mets starter not to get not to get through three innings in back to back starts since Stephen Matz did it uh, twice in 2018. The Mets are winning series. The Mets. By the also... way, those two games that Stephen Matz did it in 2018, I was at both of those games. I stopped going to Mets games after that. that year. No, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for doing that. <laughs> the, the Mets are winning series. Okay, so they're winning. They, I think they've won, what, five out of their last six series, didn't they? They split, they split with... Uh, they split with Colorado, right? Or uh, uh, Arizona? No, with... Uh, uh, with Arizona, yeah. Arizona. Yeah. So, so they're doing what they need to do. This, the other thing that I don't like that the Mets are doing is this, you know, sort of start somebody for an inning and then use nine pitchers in in the, in the end of their rotation. That doesn't right. seem that that seems to be hurting their their bullpen in those in that in those other games where the, where they might need them. So, sure, yeah. They oh, the, the Mets need a starter. Is. The Mets need a starter, and I don't think the Mets need a great starter. They just need a serviceable starter who can, you know. Keep them in a couple games. I got. Uh, I got something to bring up. They have. They have one that might be coming back. They do. They yeah, have I think they're just kind of waiting. We'll yeah. just run our bullpen out there. That's it. <laughs> for a couple of more. Oh, uh, well, for oh, another. Well, Cind- I mean, has anybody seen Syndergaard? Yeah, something like that. Well, Syndergaard coming back in July? Is that? Yeah, it? I think he joined the uh, tennis circuit. Well, there's issues now, so it might be a little longer. But and, and Carrasco, the word on Carrasco is 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 not. Uh, 100% yet either, Sue. So. You want Syndergaard uh, back, though. That's who you of want course. back. Of course. As long um, as the uh, Ice Giants keep to themselves, then we're speak, fine. Speaking of running pitchers out there, all right, that's uh, a perfect segue, to, <laughs> perfect segue for this. i got to bring this up. I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. read this at all. You know who Bill James is? No. Bill James is... is uh, LeBron's his, father? It's <laughs> LeBron's father, exactly. Bill James is... Uh, he's been called <laughs> the the godfather of sabermetrics. Okay. okay. The Godfather of Sabermetrics. He's he's a, a writer, a historian, a statistician. Uh, his work is widely influential. I thought he that was coined, Jonah Hill. He yeah, he coined the phrase Sabermetrics, uh, the Society of American Baseball Research, S A B R, Sabermetrics. So there you go. He coined it. So anyway, um, he came up. He said, "Baseball needs to change." He says every generation says they don't play baseball like they used to. So it changes all the time. So he's got new proposed rules. And we'll breeze through these, and i got a couple of graphics for him, too. We'll breeze through these quick. Uh, he's got a couple of uh, um, ideas for new rules that can uh, help speed up the game. Here we go. Making it, making it, trying, trying to zero in on that. Two and a half hours a game. And he did quote, he's quoted as saying, the players will all be happy because they can go home earlier. That's what he said. That's what he said. So in any event, uh, here's, uh, here's some of the rule changes. Here's rule... These are uh, notable rule changes, three changes that must happen. you got to stop the batters from stepping out between pitchers. Pitches, all right? You have to limit mid-inning pitching changes, and you have to limit throws to first base. 
Those those must happen. So this those is all happen. about speeding up the game. This is all about speeding up the game. Here's here's a list of uh, proposed pitching changes. Limit team to three pitchers in first nine innings. Limit team to eleven pitchers on roster. Period. Uh, limit number of pitchers who can use who can be used in a series, and prohibit any pitcher from pitching in consecutive games. Well, that's a, 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 a that's utter bullshit. Although. Right. Very few do now. I mean, it's like what, right. a closer comes in and pitches one inning, and you have to rest them the next and he game. Has to rest them, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and then here's a couple of batting changes. Um, one move batter's box one inch away from the plate. Not you sure. Mean out, out, one inch sure. farther away. Okay, uh, I, okay. Uh, enforce rule requiring batters to stay in a batter's box. That was a repeat of the mm. first one. And whatever equipment a batter wears into the batter's box is worn until he returns to the dugout meaning he, he can't, can't take, take shit off he on can't the base. take up he can't take a pad off or this off and hand it to somebody and all of that hey, hey Jim James, that. every one of those rules is absolutely non right important and i could give two shits about it. exactly and wasn't jimmy james the boss on news radio <laughs> jimmy james bill james but yeah jimmy james was, yeah. Uh, and there, there's one more rule that i got to tell you that wasn't on any of those graphics i got to just tell you this one this is this is the this is the best one this is the one you're going to laugh at the best ready a hitter only gets to foul off a two-strike pitch once. After that, it's strike three. So he can't sit there for twenty. Not even the old four fouls and you're out, like nope. we used to play nope. in the. Uh, yeah. So, so we want to take a game that, in many days, we we can't seem to score any runs, right. and and make, we'll it, make it more difficult. Right. So, so to me, this is what I'm getting out of it. And tell me if I'm wrong or not. To me, all of this equates to this. The purpose of playing baseball is to, to get it over. Finish playing yeah. baseball. Yes. Is to get it yeah. done. Get it done. Get, get it, it done. over with. Let's start the game so we can finish it. I thought that was like that was that's raking leaves, not playing baseball. <laughs> <laughs> the the joy of the that's, game is about playing it, not now, fucking finishing it. <laughs> now I have a good job for Mr. James. What's that? He should go and work for the division of motor vehicles. <laughs> I'm going to speed it up. <laughs> Absolutely, I think you're. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Now he's he's a he's a he's a writer and a story. I mean, he's 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 well respected. But these are these rules. He's, he's well respected in, in efficiency, sir. Insane. Yeah. And I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you one thing. You you damn well better know that Rob Manfred is right now. He's looking at all of those rules uh, change proposed rule changes and salivating because he wants Rob Manfred wants to get the game done in an hour. You know. Just get it over with. Start it. Uh, three, well, that's horrible for revenue. Innings. It's horrible for, for revenue. Apparently, he doesn't give a shit. Apparently, all he cares about is possibly getting one or two 21-year-olds that are playing World of Warcraft to watch a baseball game instead. Isn't, isn't the wonder of baseball is that you can wake up, watch the first two innings, mow your lawn, come back, <laughs> take a shower, watch the watch inning five through six, <laughs> and, and, then, and then, you know cook dinner while the seventh inning three pitch change is going on. Right. Right. I mean, that's part of the wonders of baseball. Absolutely. Eat yeah. your dinner and then have dessert while watching the ninth inning. That's right. And nowadays <laughs> watching, you know, the, 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 the 10th, 11th and 12th where, where people can't get a runner in from second base. Right. Maybe just maybe, and maybe, right. maybe there is something to this foreign substance. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe the idea is to maybe get these guys to be able to hit the ball to the giant hole that is created uh, on the side of the field with a runner in scoring position. Right, right. 
Yeah, the, maybe if you put a better product on the field, that would be uh, that, that would people be nice. will watch, even Absolutely. if it's just. I mean, to me, that's one of the great joys in life, but here, especially on summer nights. Is viewership down? Game on, viewership's not down. Viewership's not down. He's worried. He's worried well, that there aren't he? enough kids watching the game because oh, so viewership's playing. gonna be down. So it's when? gonna be down in the future. Then have Gary Sanchez do some TikTok videos because God knows they'd be better use of his freaking time. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and he has the time to do it every other game when he's not playing. It's a shit yeah. Yeah. He can, he, they, they should just put a, a camera behind him and he could say hi every time a ball gets past him. That'll be next. It'll be TikToking from the dugout will be allowed. Oh, I'm sure. Be, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it, it's, it's, it's horseshit. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's so like I said, that is the new purpose of playing baseball is to finish the game, is to get it. This over is from, this is from the guy who created the shit that's ruining the game. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so we you hit the nail on the head, buddy. We should definitely listen to him a second time. Yep. Yeah. And just then we won't have any baseball. Exactly. That's right. Unbelievable. Uh, a couple of things before we uh, get to our uh, top ten. Um, I just wanted to let everybody know, uh, and if you guys hadn't known, um, do you remember this picture? Oh, yeah. This is Bobby Valentine in disguise after getting That's, thrown uh, out. Bobby Valentino. Bobby Valentino, exactly. Um, he does look like a maitre d' and <laughs> from some sort of really crappy Italian restaurant in Queens. Today is here, right? Today <laughs> is the uh, today is the twenty second anniversary of this game. Oh Jesus! Well, there you go. Uh, he looks like pretty... a bad extra from a movie scene in a in a restaurant. He looks like he looks like Burt Reynolds' <laughs> stunt double. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, he does. You're right. Um, he uh, and uh, which we call it this. The game was against Toronto. Who was? Here's a quick uh, trivia question for you. Who was pitching when uh, when the ball was thrown? You know, pitch out to uh, uh, to uh, Piazza and and uh, started the, all of the bullshit that got him thrown out of the game in the first place. Do you know? What year is the game? This is 1999. Is it Cone? No, no. I'll say Bobby Jones. It was not. It was. It was an extra. It was an extra inning, so they were in the bullpen. Oh, so it was a uh, 99. Was that? That was way after uh, Jesse Orozco's era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Then that's an era of the Mets. Oh, was it Armando? It was not Armando. It was not. However, uh, he has a very famous son now, much more famous than he was. I mean, Mr. Pat Mahomes. Oh, there you go. Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, I didn't know he was. Your, I thought, uh, yeah. So, anyway, um, and one other uh, note too. Um, that's Todd a, Bra- kind of a dubious honor. Honor, yeah, yeah. Pat Mahomes was the man that threw the uh, threw the uh, pitcher that threw the uh, pitch out to Piazza that uh, um, that got Bobby Valentine thrown out of the game in the game when he returned and pretended to be exactly uh, a waiter. There you go. There's a there's a great stat for you. Remember that. Put that. File it away. File it away. Um, here's one more for you. Um, and, our, and our two listeners just signed <laughs> off. They did. Um, Todd Frazier has a new job. He was DFA'd from the uh, Pirates last month. Todd Frazier has a new job. He's he playing baseball once again. Hey, hot dogs. Right here. He's playing for the uh, uh, Miners. The Miners. The Sussex County Miners in New Jersey. Uh, are there any mines there? Uh, well, they, they, they are, there's some rock quarries and stuff like that up in Sussex <laughs> County. So the quarriers. The there are. There are actually a lot. Yeah, yeah there are. But, uh, yeah, Todd Frazier is playing for the Sussex County Miners. And he makes, his, he makes his debut this Friday. 
So if anybody's available, we want to take a ride up to uh, Sussex County and watch they're playing, Todd they're, Frazier. They're playing the, the Valley Cats, which I believe Ricky Henderson is still playing for. <laughs> Probably is. I think he's playing and managing, as That's a matter right. of fact. There you go. <laughs> Him and, and uh, half the team, too. Him and Jose Kinsenko. That's how <laughs> exactly. we get the manager job. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, one other one other quick note, uh, Mets-related, too. Um, all of the talk about Jared Kalenic, uh, Mariners not bringing him up. Then they brought yeah, him up. Yeah, they should have brought him up. Guess bad, what? He's back a, in AAA. It's a bad yeah. name, Kalenic. It just sounds yeah. like there should be a hose attached <laughs> not to Kalonic, it. Not Kalenic. Kalenic. <laughs> I know. Um I in twenty three in twenty three games, he his average was oh nine six. He had six RBIs, two home runs, and only a, a three a three point three seven eight was his uh, OPS. He could play That's, left field. OPS is on base percentage plus slugging, so he well, only has three seventy eight. He could play left field for the Yankees. Yes, he could. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, hey, here's right. the thing I want to just touch on: Pat Mahomes. Like, if you're Pat Mahomes senior and you're out at a bar, yep, and you're watching the game. And then that picture of Bobby Valentine comes up. <laughs> and the announcers are going, 22 years ago, today, blah, blah, blah. And the guys at the bar go, Valentine, remember that fucking day, that asshole, man? You think Pat Mahomes going to go, I was on the mound that day. I, I don't my, even think it, my even, pitch out caused that. He's got to sink down I, in his chair. I, I doubt he remembers. <laughs> he may not. Uh, I think Jersey Donnie's right. probably one of three people who remembers that fact. I've seen, I've well, seen a couple interviews. He's actually pretty remembering a lot of the crap that went down back then, but yeah, he may or I've, may not remember. Who I've, knows? There's probably a lot of stuff that guys didn't want to talk about sure. in, in, you know, in the moment, but sure. <laughs> That's funny stuff. He's <laughs> just um, like, <laughs> God, please let no one recognize me. Let no one recognize yeah. me. I got a, I got a, I got one new thing I want to try. See if it works. I got a quick quiz for you. It'll, it'll take two seconds. Um, you sure you should be doing this on camera. <laughs> and we're going to try. Um, <laughs> We're throwing it in tonight, and we'll see how it works. Uh, it's a quiz. Tonight's quiz. Tonight's quiz. Uh, the title of tonight's quiz is World Series. Here it is. World Series, Game 7, in their prime, you're the manager. Who are you starting? We'll do, we'll do Pete first. Ready? Once again, World Series, Game 7, in their prime, you're the manager. Who are you starting? You, are you starting Tom Seaver, Doc Gooden, or Jacob DeGrom? Silence. <laughs> uh, is this, they're they're in the era of their prime, or they're, no? Yeah, yeah. They're all in their, their they're in, in their, their prime now. They're in their prime. Well, it, it's right now, but they're in their prime. Yeah. So who were the three? Who were the three choices? World Series Game Seven in their prime. You're the manager. Who you? Seaver, Degrom, and who's Seaver, the third one? De, Seaver, Gooden, or Degrom? Oh, that's that's easy. It's definitely one of them is definitely already struck out. I'll, yeah. I'll take Degrom. You're gonna go with Degrom. I'll go with um, Degrom. All right. I have another list for you, Harry, but you want to weigh in on that? Who are you starting? I agree, and I definitely would not start good. And no. I, I would, it would either be DeGrom or Seaver. I think I would start Seaver. Uh, in his prime, he was insane. Nah. And not that DeGrom's not, but you know, DeGrom is still of an era that you know he's only going six, seven innings into a game maybe, and Seaver was pitching you know, uh, complete games there and uh, doing what he did then. Anyway. But uh, yeah, Degrom is it, good. Good point. You wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to rely on the bullpen. You have, have to rely on the bullpen exactly. Uh, so as the manager of this, but you don't, you don't get to choose your your premium closer or middle relief guy to, to go along with you. I'm going to start the guy who is going to leave me with less decision making. Less decision making. That's, yeah. that's a solid strategy, actually. Uh, all right, um, Harry. Your, here's yes. your three: Whitey Ford, Ron Guidry, or Andy Pettit. 
you know, Gidry arguably maybe had the single best season out of those three, yeah. but he didn't quite match it in the postseason. Okay. I don't Wadey Ford obviously had some good postseason games, but so did Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit was Mr. Reliable in the postseason. Sure. I He's a monster in the postseason. I think I'd have to go with Wadey Ford though. But yeah. but but Pettit I'd have to look at what Ford's actual postseason numbers did. And, and I mean, he obviously won a lot of games, but he had a lot more firepower than even Pettit did with the, with those great Yankee teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think you got to go with Ford. Right. Uh, Pete, you want to weigh in? I take Pettit because he's on the juice. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, so there you so is why he Ford. But, well, but it was a different, different kind of juice. Different kind of juice. That's why. Yeah. That's why he could. That's why he could pitch the nine innings without feeling anything in his, in his extremities. We're gonna we're gonna start or we'll do it we'll do a quiz a week and we'll post this the next day. So tomorrow will be up on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Weigh in with your choices for uh, for those two. It'll be two two separate posts, but we'll uh, we'll put them up each week. Uh, each week there'll be a new quiz. So there you go. That's quiz quiz one week one. There you go. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's move on to our top ten list. What do you think? Time. Well, we're only an hour and eight minutes into the That's show. That's all. That's so. good. It's good. We're good. All right. So let's uh, let's get going on our it's top ten. It's not like there's any playoffs going on or anything that no, we have to talk no. about. We can talk about this. We can talk about that. Let's do our. Well, we haven't even. You guys didn't do base. Uh, I mean, football notes yet? Did you? No, no, no. There's a few football notes, but not a lot. Okay. So. Good. Real, real, real quick. Whitey Ford was ten and eight with a two point seven one ERA That's in his postseason career. Mm-hmm. That's not that good. That's barely over five hundred. <laughs> <laughs> 11 series one more loss and he's a 500 postseason pitcher well he was 10 and 8 so two more losses well no one more loss would have been one less win too so oh, well, you don't know that that's not necessarily true <laughs> that's true that's true um anyway all right so let's uh let's that's, do tonight's let's do tonight's top 10 list tonight's top 10 list is top 10 center fielders in major league baseball history there you go. Top 10 center fielders in Major League Baseball history. We'll start it off with our number 10. We have, by the How way, do we in, actually have? Yeah. in true uh, get-on-with-the-podcast fashion, we have 12 number 10. Nice. Number, uh, 10. Top 10. How many number 10s? Three? We have three number 10s. Everything okay. else is – there's no ties. The only ties are all all number 10s, all three number 10s. All so. one-pointers, I think. All right? one-pointers. There you go. So. <laughs> We'll start it off with number 10. Num- number 10, we won't, won't say number so, 10, A, so, B, or C. doesn't matter. So what happened here, folks, is we all had different number 10s. And we all had the and same number. So they number all got one, one point, and so they <laughs> all died. Exactly. Uh, all the uh, the top nine, we all had the same people. Maybe might have been in different positions, but we all had the same. Yeah, uh, this same was a, I didn't look super closely at the list. I did glance it over, and it seemed to me like this might be the new winner for the most – agreement on players mm. a couple of positions probably not a position a couple but. of positions different but but yeah for the for the most we, part the middle right? the middle four or five are all pretty much all there in the same middle yeah. four yeah. or five yeah and the top two are always the were i mean i went a little controversial just <laughs> with my number one only the best hitter in the history of baseball i of put course. it number one yeah, but you know, yeah, he yeah, was an he, asshole. He was a systems hitter, though. He was I mean, a systems hitter and, and an <laughs> asshole. But yeah, last time I checked, <laughs> asshole, being an asshole doesn't preclude you from our list. No, I said that gives him more We've had a few assholes on the list before. So. More credibility in my book. <laughs> so there you go. All right. So we'll start with uh, we'll start with a three-way tie for 10. So our first number 10, uh, tied for number 10, is Mr. Kenny Lofton. Kenneth 
Lofton, obviously. Uh, he was um, he played for the oh my god he played for the Astros, the Indians, the Braves, the White Sox, the Giants, the Pirates, the Cubs, the Yankees, the Phillies. The Dodgers, the Rangers, and the Indians. And the Ohio players. And the Ohio players, right, exactly. And the Miners. And the Miners. Sussex County Miners. Sussex County Miners. Yeah. Exactly. But that was only for a month while he was Just in a month while he was in a million. That was in the Catholic school league. Right, exactly. Uh, he's a six-time All-Star, four-time Gold Glove Award winner, five-time American League Stolen Bases leader. Uh, he's in the Indians Hall of Fame. His uh, most uh, years uh, were spent with the Indians. And it wasn't even a, a, a two stints. Uh, with one in between, but it covered 10 years with a year out. So um, his batting at lifetime batting average, career batting average, uh, 299 uh, hits, 2,428 hits, 130 home runs, 781 runs batted in, and 622 stolen bases. There you go. Kenny Lofton. Uh, a little underrated, maybe. I think, in general. A little, you bit. Know? A little bit. Um, certainly not a guy that maybe stayed at, you know, uh, on people's minds once he retired, you know, kind of faded away. But sure. real quality player and almost 700 stolen bases. That, exactly. That's nothing to shake a stick at. Nothing to shake. Yeah, he's in the top. He's made it to the top ten all-time center fielders. Even exactly. though he's number twelve. You know, really like an old-school, uh, prototypical center fielder, right? Yeah. Didn't have a lot of power. Right. Slap hitter, get on base, and run like the wind. Yep, that was pretty it. good defensively too. Really good. What, yeah. Was he on the one Braves team that won a World Series? Was that he was on the one? He was on the Braves team that uh, lost to the Marlins. That's right in the World Series. Uh, actually, no. Did, so he never won. He never won. I'm sorry. He lost lost to the Marlins in the NLCS. I'm sorry. Lost to the Marlins in the NLCS um, when the Marlins won the World Series. And he he was on the Marlins. He was on the Braves for one year between um, uh, between the uh, his stint with the Indians. Yeah, I couldn't um, remember if he. Uh, if he if he was he so he's never he never won a championship. No, no, he has. That's what I thought. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember if he was if, if he was on that that brave that one year the Braves he, actually won. Yeah, he was uh, he was on the uh, Yankees in two thousand four, so he, he came was close yeah. to going to a World Series, yeah. but we all know what happened in 04 for the Yankees. Yeah, so but uh, in any event, yeah, he he spent uh, most he spent the most of his time with uh, with the Indians. Every other team he was on, he was only on for a year or part of one. So. But in any event, there you go. Number 10, tied for number 10, Kenny Lofton. Moving on to another tied for number 10, Mr. Jim Edmonds. Uh, James Patrick Edmonds. Uh, his, uh, his tour took him from the Angels to the Cardinals, Padres, Cubs, Brewers, and Reds. I do remember when he was on, when he was on the, uh, the Angels. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, that was the bulk of his career. Um, actually, he pretty much – actually, no, I'm sorry. He split – uh but, he was uh, on St. Louis more than longer on, than you remember. Yeah, he was. He was on the uh he was on the Angels for uh 7 years and he was on the Cardinals for 8 years. And then uh and then he had a few other teams that he bounced around for the end of his career. Four-time All-Star, uh, World Series champion in 06 with the Pod, at the um I'm sorry with the uh, Cardinals. Um shouldn't have been, but I keep saying that anytime we bring up the Cardinals <laughs> in 06. Uh <laughs> Eight-time Gold Glove Award winner, Silver Slugger Award winner in 04. He's in the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Career batting average, 284, 393 home runs, and 1199. One shy of 1,200 RBIs. Jim Edmonds. Guys? Great player. Uh, didn't have as a really long career, but he was he was very good for the time that he was on the field. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah kind of all around, right? Decent average, not super, not yeah. that close to 300, but good power numbers, right? Mm-hmm. For and, um, and I mean, eh, put him on your list of defensive center fielders. Where does he rank there? You know, all time. Right. Yeah. His, his, right his, up near his, the his top. defense was. Yeah, it's at the top. He's at you the know. top. Yeah. I, know, I think everybody on this list was a pretty darn good. Oh sure. Right, but well, yeah, yeah he was though, in his prime. Know, he was good. Yeah, he, he was did, head he, and shoulders above most, and yeah. yes, yeah, uh, but not necessarily most on this list. I mean, no. most guys that were playing, you know, at that around. time. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy Baseball or Jimmy Ballgame, actually. There's uh, two nicknames for the man. Uh, Jim Edmonds, also tied for 10. Moving on to uh, our third tied for 10th is Mr. Bernie Williams. Burnaby Williams Figueroa Jr., to be exact. I wonder whose list he was on. Uh, well, uh, let, let's back up this decision. With, <laughs> no, um, you don't have to. Him. You've done it before, and I agree mm-hmm. with you. No, no, I, I agree. He was right there with mine. I, I said this before. I said this before we started, too. I said this to Harry. <laughs> Excuse me. More hits, I had, more, if I, more if higher I put, batting average, and more runs scored. If I and had more RBIs three, than Jim Edmonds. I, I only had, didn't pick him because he was a Yankee. <laughs> if I had three, if I had, if I made the list and I put three number tens, the three number tens we had here, I would have put. So uh, yeah, I think that, I, I I would say the same thing. Hey, look, my number my number ten was between him and an and, a, and an ex Met who you guys probably would never think of putting on your list. No, he was probably my number four ten. He would, he would have been, and that's not he would have been my fourth he, ten, and yeah. that's because of. I think Bernie oh, Williams. I think <laughs> I think one Bernie pitch Will- defines that man. I think Bernie <laughs> Williams' horrible jazz albums have <laughs> have hurt his reputation, and he's and have ruined his 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 amazing but, career. I got to tell you something though. He is he actually been, a pretty damn good guitarist. No, I, know, I actually I know, saw I him play. I know. I've well, seen him play. Of course I mean, you, you did. Know. Of course, you were also you also had Kenny G's cassettes. <laughs> but hey, I saw him play a show, I saw him play a show by himself, and then he got brought up on stage with Rascal Flats. That's right. He got brought. Up, <laughs> he, got, he, he, he got brought up on stage with Tug McGraw. Tug McGraw. Was there a mass <laughs> suicide in the audience not, at that point? Not, not Tim McGraw. Not Tim McGraw. Tug McGraw. Tug McGraw. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. Tug McGraw <laughs> with special guest Rascal Flats and Bernie Williams. And Bernie Williams. Bernie Williams. Yeah. Gotta love it. There you smooth go. jazz. That is a show for the ages. <laughs> I gotta love it. Well, I mean, Bernie Williams was. I mean, he was a great, well, let's, great, great player. Let's, you know, let's had, see what, let's he, see what he, he was. Two thousand three hundred thirty-six hits. He had two hundred eighty-seven home runs. Batted darn near three hundred at two ninety-seven. Mm-hmm. He scored thirteen hundred and sixty-six runs and had twelve hundred and fifty-seven RBIs. He had an OBP of three eighty-one and an OPS of eight fifty-eight. Mm-hmm. Four seventy-seven slugging percentage. He had and an OPS he, of he had an OPS of eight fifty-eight. Yeah, and uh, um, just just a uh, just a side note: Jim Edmonds' OPS was nine oh three. Just yeah, that's there. pretty close. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, and Edmonds has one ring, and Bernie Williams has a few more. Bernie Williams has four. He's a four-time yeah. World Series champion, ninety-six and ninety-eight through two thousand. And, and look, I I even think the Yankees mistreated Bernie Williams, and oh. I think I think he probably could have played longer. And he, he's such a class act. I think I think he gave the Yankees more respect than the Yankees gave him. He yeah. did not want to play for another team. He wanted to retire a New York Yankee. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, we'll never really know. But um, he's, I mean, he, he's he's in a lot. He, he's there's two people that are that are gods in center field in Yankee history, and they'll obviously be on this list. But when you when you really think about who falls right behind them, it's got to be Bertie Williams. Yeah, yeah and exactly. and uh, I I think he's another one of these guys who should definitely be in the Hall of Fame. As as I do, Jim Edmonds and and uh, Lofton and Kenny Lofton. You know, I mean, and they were all they all played around the same time, and they were all really really good. Sure, you know, sure. even David Justice, who is he a center fielder? Is he a right fielder? I don't know. Another guy who was just. A good player, and uh, I, that, that's who I remember as far as outfielders from that era. Mm-hmm. But I think Bernie Williams was quiet. He was on a team that obviously had bigger names and bigger stars, and but he, I mean, his he he, he had a lot of opportunity to play in the postseason, and he took he took advantage of it. He had some big games, and uh, you know, I think he. he that does weigh more for me than a lot of them. Not to say that Edmonds or Lofton didn't have good postseasons because they did. Mm-hmm. He wasn't quite the the, the outfielder of, of of Edmonds, but he was darn near. Yeah, I think he won five gold gloves, right? He was, yeah, he was pretty good. He won. He's, he, he's, he won four, go, four gold gloves. Slouch. Four gold gloves. I'll take him right now to start in the outfield sure, for the Yankees. Absolutely, you get me. <laughs> at at fifty two, you yeah, take him right now. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's I I. I think Bernie Williams gets forgotten even maybe more so than the Kenny Loftons and Andre Dawson's and, and Jim Edmonds of the world, because he was the quiet one on that team of Jeter and Rivera and even Posada and, you know, Aaron Boone and the, and all the other guys who uh, Scott Brocious and, and, you know, the, the David Cones. And then you got what's it, Wade Boggs. I mean, you got all these other personalities on this team and he was, he was definitely the most quiet of all of them and just sure. kind of went about doing what he did. And, oh, by the way, he did it pretty well. Mm-hmm. In my humble opinion, he did it the 10th best in the history well of the game. Well enough to be 10th. <laughs> no, 10th on our list. Or at, least, at least top 13th. Tied for, tied for, uh, tied for 10 also. Well, that's, uh, I remember when I was a young boy, my dad took me aside one time and he said, son, whatever you do, try and come in in the top 13. That's right. right. Whatever well, that's you the do. thing I've, I've lived by. That's what you want right. to do. Yeah. There you go. So also tied for number 10, like I said, Bernie Williams. All right. Now we get to no more ties tonight. There we go. So number nine, moving on to number nine, uh, only player on this list that is still playing, and that would be Mr. Mike Trout. Uh, Michael Nelson Trout, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, born, uh, born in New Jersey, born in Violin, New Jersey. Um, eight-time All-Star, three-time American League MVP, two-time all MLB first team, uh, American League Rookie of the Year in 2012, eight-time Silver Slugger Award, two-time American League Hank Aaron Award, uh, Defensive Player of the Year Award, two-time MLB All-Star Game MVP, um, AL uh, American League uh, RBI leader in 2014, stolen bases leader in 2012, member of 3030 Club uh, in 2012, and he hit for the cycle on May 21st, 2013. His career batting average thus far is 306. He's got 1,415 hits, 310 home runs, 815 RBIs, and 201 stolen bases. Uh, guys? And he's traveling. toiling away in obscurity. <clears throat> and he's toiling away in obscurity. That because means baseball can't figure out how to market him. There you go. And uh, n- n- missing from that list, glaringly missing from that list, 
no World Series. Well, has he even played in a postseason game? Um, I don't know. Well, he's played. Right? He played in three postseason games. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. That. Right. He played in the ALDS in 14. Yep, that was it. Just that one year. So he's at, he's at 12 at bats. He's hitting .083. But, you know, again, there's a lot of players that fall into this in the old days. Nowadays, sure. if you can't, nowadays it's like it's like hockey. If you can't get, you know, at least a play-in game or something. But, um, you know, he's – I think he's still probably, even though he's what, in his 10th, 11th year. He is. Um, he's, uh, he's, in oh, his ten, he's in his 10th. The eleventh season, right now. Eleventh season, yeah. But he, he was a rookie of the year in uh, twenty twelve. So he, you know, he came up at the end of twenty eleven. Yeah. So yeah, it's in his eleventh season, but he didn't he hasn't played. He didn't play that many games. Yeah, no. played forty games in two thousand eleven. So there you go. yeah, but um, yeah, Mike Trout. I mean, it's hard to argue that he's not the best player in the game. And the thing is, is that he's done it pretty consistently. I mean, sure. his his batting average has kind of been. You know, he had a couple of years where it kind of dipped a little bit, but he's still a 305 career hitter. He had 333, he's hitting 333 this year. Yep. You know, everybody else, all, all the other so-called stars in the league's batting average is down, and his his is up. And, and oh, by the way, his his OPS for his career is one point zero zero two. One point one. It was a solid number before that. Wait, what? Yeah, um, yeah. His OPS plus is one hundred and seventy six. I mean. <laughs> he is one of those guys, and he's a great. He, you know, he, he's kind of redefined the position because he's not your typical center fielder, right. body type wise. He's kind of a bigger dude. He's a slugger, but he can. He's certainly a great fielder, and he, he's probably, I think, because of his consistency, you know, probably been the best uh, all around player in the game. Yeah, he, he had a, a little bit of a dip last year, but I mean, he's back with a regular season now. He's. He's having a, a bounce back year. I mean, sure. you, you could argue he could be comeback player of the year as one of the best players in the game. Yeah, yeah, you know, Good. yeah. He's, he's like it's he's almost sort of on this borderline of once in a generational kind of. You know, we love to throw that thing around because he's. He's been so good for ten years now, right? He's he's yeah. this generation's the guy who's going to be we're going to be talking about probably maybe next or soon. He's kind of this year's this generation's Ken Griffey Jr. Sure. In that he is really good. His numbers are spectacular. He's probably a better all-around hitter than Griffey. Doesn't have quite the you know insane power that Griffey had earlier in his year. Right. And Griffey was maybe earlier in his career a more <laughs> dynamic defensive player. He did it with, but sort of toiled away in a, in a West Coast team that wasn't that didn't get a lot of publicity and, no but uh, he got publicity he did i mean the you know the 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 league loved him advert you know the the media loved him so uh and know. i think that i think the league has tried to do this with trout and i think there's two things that work against trout number one is i don't think trout it's not that he necessarily doesn't want to do it he doesn't have the personality for it and number two Trout's not as appealing to 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 a broader spectrum of people than Ken, Ken Griffey Jr. was. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just yeah, Mike, Mike Trout doesn't wear his hat backwards. No. You know, he's he's he's. He I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. they're they're both incredible athletes and both you know for the for the both great role models. And Griffey did have to deal with you know uh, some things that Trout doesn't have to deal with because of that, because of some preconceived notions or, or some extra. 
uh, expectations that were placed on him being an African-American baseball player. But, um, you know, Trout is, he may go down as the, one of the best, most boring players of all time. <laughs> I mean, he, 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 he and, and I think he has the capability of, if you put him in the national spotlight, I think you can give him a chance to really shine. And it's not like the angels have not tried to put a pretty good team around him. They have, they just can't seem to quite get the, the, the dynamics right out there. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And they haven't since the, the late 80s. Right. So yeah. it's, uh, and, and, you know, look, if he carries on this way and, and does what he does, and, you know, obviously there'll be a, something, probably something of a dip in the, you know, let's say the second half of his career. Uh, if he doesn't get to the playoffs, if he doesn't, or doesn't have really much or virtually no playoff record to speak of, you know, how does that fit into where he ranks all time when he's all done with the game. Well, we we, we didn't know. hold it against people like Ted Williams. You know, you don't, we didn't hold it against people, who, you know, like, I mean, even if you look at somebody like, uh, uh, who's the, I mean, there's, there's a lot of players in the history of the sport. Yeah, but a lot of those have, guys were kind of on the, they were sort of they the play, old play, school. They Ill. played in a different era when it, Yeah, like, I mean, we're, this um, is, you know, we have more teams now, right. more opportunities now, right? We've got Trout, the wild card and all that. Trout does not want the spotlight. He did not no. want. He did not. He had his opportunity. He had an opportunity. He re-signed with 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 Anaheim or Los Angeles or whatever the hell they are now. Right. Um, Los, Los Anaheim. Los Angeles, and he wants to stay there. He's happy, and and uh, honestly, I think he would love to have the opportunity to win, but I don't really think he cares too much. I mean, right. I hate to say that. Well, I don't I mean, want to put words in his mouth, but why? Why should he? Right. You know, he's going to make his money either way, so he's happy going to the ballpark, and he's got a pretty sweet life. It's it's not. I mean, it works. It's not like he's completely unknown. No. Everybody knows who he is. He just sort of. It's it's a weird existence, right? He is famous. He's arguably the best player in baseball, but he also lives this kind of life of obscurity. Yeah. Right? You know, he's he's of the national spotlight, but not in it. And that's a that's a weird thing, but he does seem happy with it. You know, he 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 needs five or six mistresses and a good traffic accident to raise his profile. There you go. Well, there you go. On that note, number nine, Mister Michael Nelson Trout. All right, moving on to number eight. Number eight is Duke Schneider. There you go, Duke Schneider, Edwin Donald Duke Schneider, the Silver Fox or the Duke of Flatbush. Uh, he played his uh, most of his career. He played for the uh, the Brooklyn or L.A. Dodgers, uh, both actually, uh, not or. Um, he played a year for the Mets and uh, right the second to last year of his career, and then his last year he played for the uh, for the Giants. Uh, he's an eight-time All-Star, uh, two-time World Series champion, National League home run leader in '56, National League RBI leader in '55. His number four is retired with the Dodgers, and he's in Cooperstown. Career batting average 295, 2,116 hits, 407 home runs, and 1,333 RBIs. Duke Snyder. Guys? Um, Mickey, Mickey Willie and the Duke, right, was the song? Yeah. Some Mickey people Willie might have Duke. said Willie Mickey and the Duke. He always seemed to be third on that list. Mm-hmm. Now, that obviously, for song purposes, it wasn't. I don't think it was a ranking system. No, it was uh, just But when for... you look at his numbers... And certainly a stretch of about 10 years where I think he hit 40 home runs and drove like 120 runs or something every year for 
eight years straight or something outrageous like that. I I don't have the stats in front of me, but um, you kind of you kind of go, oh wow, Duke Snyder was really, 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 really good. Yeah, yeah, he was really great, and he 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 was you know on the on those Brooklyn Dodgers teams in the in the forties and fifties. You know they were they were always were losing to the Yankees, but he was on that team and he played a big role in what was it the fifty five World Series where they beat the Yankees yep. in seven games and he hit three twenty in that World Series, four home runs, seven RBIs. I mean, uh, his OPS was one point two one zero in that World Series. I mean, it's uh, he. I think that's where his legacy really. And then they moved a couple years later. They moved to to LA and they beat. The White Sox, they swept the White Sox in the World Series, and he had a, you know, he was at sort of nearing, I think, the end of his career a little bit, but uh, he, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he, he, so he won two World Series, and, yeah. and uh, he, it's, it, I think to be third on that list is a pretty honorable thing. I mean, that's a, that's a hard list to, to break into. Let's put it that way. The list it wasn't, the, sorry, it wasn't a song. Yeah, it's a song. Yeah. yeah. It's, well, it wasn't, I mean, you were going to finish with the Duke. It just it just flows lyrically better. Than, I, yeah, you know, I think that's why Mickey Duke and Willie. You know. Yeah, no, Duke has to come third. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't ten years in a row. Fifty three to fifty seven home runs, 42, 40, 42, 43, and forty right. RBIs, buck twenty six, buck thirty, buck thirty six, which was the league lead, and then a mere hundred and one in fifty six. We've talked about good stretches. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, ninety two in fifty seven. Uh, so we've talked about good stretches for players. That's a pretty darn good stretch there. there go. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think he's one of these guys who maybe got snubbed from a couple of All Star games. And you know, he was he's one of the he's one of the best to, to ever play the game. And, yes. and he he I many hit four hundred and seven home runs in his career. You know, I mean that, that puts him in the top sixty all time. So that's uh, especially in today. And I'm sure his, uh, that drops after the you know, especially after the home run, the run barrage of uh, of recent times, and then the late '90s and into the 2000s. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I mean, he he played for what 18 years? Uh, 18 seasons. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. 18 yeah 162 game average, 31 home runs, 101 RBIs. One strike against him, ninety-four strikeouts. Yeah, let's take. I'll, I'll take it. Yeah, I'll, yeah, definitely. I'll take it and you'll, build a team around him. You'll take the strikeouts <laughs> with the production. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right, number eight, Duke Snyder it brings us to number seven, which would be Mister Kirby Puckett. Uh, that's his name, Kirby Puckett. Uh, he played his entire career with the Minnesota Twins, eighty-eight to ninety-five, ten-time All-Star. Um, uh, 86 through 95, so just the uh, first two years of his career, he wasn't an all-star. Two-time World Series champion in 87 and 91. Uh, American League uh, ALCS uh, MVP in 91. Six-time Gold Glove Award winner, six-time Silver Slugger Award winner. Roberto Clemente Award winner, American League batting champion in 89, RBI leader in 94. His number 34 is retired by the Twins. He's in the Twins Hall of Fame. Of course, he's in Cooperstown. Career batting average 318, 2,304 hits. 207 home runs and 1,085 RBIs. There you go, guys. I mean, he's one of the saddest stories. I mean, his glaucoma just cut his career short. I mean, he was, 
you know, forced into early retirement, obviously died at a, a, a relatively young age. Mm-hmm. And, um, but I would argue was not only one of the best, if not the best player in baseball at the time for a lot of those years. Sure. He, he's no, I mean, he's just clutch. I mean, he's, when you think of the Minnesota Twins, he's one of those names, especially in more recent history, that just jumps out. I mean, his, his catch in the World Series was one of the most memorable plays I've ever witnessed. I mean, sure. on television, but li- witnessed live in, in the history. I mean, it goes down with Kirk Gibson and, you know, maybe, I don't know, Reggie Jackson. I mean, it's... It's just one of those things, uh, obviously, the Mets in 86, but and those famous plays for a different reason. But this is he's just one of those guys who I think he I think he could have easily been in number three or four on this list if he kept playing. And uh, he'd have been higher on the list if he kept playing. He, he was a, he was a hell of a player. I mean, 318 career batting average, 2,304 hits in 12 seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, you he had. Five seasons over 200 hits, and then yeah. another one with a buck 99, and another one with one. And I think he, so, I think he was a leadoff hitter most of his career, and he still had over a thousand RBIs in 10, 11 full years. So, I mean, he's a ten-time All Star. So he played twelve years; it was a ten-time All Star, yeah. and won two World Series in twelve years. So I mean, on a team that wasn't really all that packed with talent, I mean, they sort of rode his coattails a little bit. They had some decent pitching, and they had some good complementary players, but they got hot. And um, he was a big reason for those. He was certainly the star of those teams. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely was. Uh, and and yeah, like you said, just a, just a sad story, but uh, amazing career that he did have. And if he did play longer, he definitely would higher on the list. So, number seven, Kirby Puckett. That brings us to number six, Mister Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, George Kenneth Griffey Jr. to be exact, nicknamed Junior and the Kid. Uh, he played for the Mariners uh, for oh, uh, 12 seasons, 11 seasons. Um, and he played for the Reds for another nine after that, White Sox for a year, and then back to the Mariners to close out his career for a couple. 13-time All-Star, American League MVP in 97, uh, 10-time Gold Glove Award winner, 7-time Silver Slugger Award winner, uh, National League Comeback Player of the Year in 05, uh, 4-time American League Home Run Leader, uh, American League RBI leader in 97. His Seattle Mariners number 24 is retired. He's in the Mariners Hall of Fame, the Reds Hall of Fame. Member of the Major League Baseball All-Century team. Of course, he's in Cooperstown, having gotten in in 2016 with Mr. Piazza. Um, batting, Chad, throw something in there like that. So. Actually, I think Piazza <laughs> got in with Ken Griffey Piazza, Jr. <laughs> Piazza got in with Ken Griffey Jr. I think it was Absolutely. the other way around. And he'll tell you that, too. Um, Seattle, Ma- <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, his career batting average, 284, 2,781 hits, 630 home runs, and 1,836 RBIs. Ken Griffey Jr. Guys? I mean, he, I, think, I think there was a there was a time there where – I think we talked about this a little bit – where he was the face of baseball. Sure. Definitely the face of baseball. And um, look, his number – his. He's one of those guys who, if you, if you're just looking at his numbers, especially the home run, which is, you know, towards the end of his career, the home run was becoming god. Right. Uh, he 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 was an incredible power hitter. He was also a phenomenal athlete. Uh, he is not only a great defensive player, but he made it look dynamic. You know, he was he just. 
his athleticism was far above anybody else at the time. I mean, he was, a, he was a, he's what, six, three, six, four. He just covered a lot of ground. He had a really pretty swing and, um, you know, he, 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 he had great stats. I think that he was a rod before a rod in some ways. Sure. And he just, you know, he, he's going to be one of those guys who had an incredible career, but it seems like he kind of dropped off and towards the end of his career. And we, and we forgot, we forgot about him a little bit. Yeah. And that's kind of sad. I, I would have loved to have seen him in a situation. I mean, he did go to the postseason. and he did well there. He just, you know, never got never, to the, uh, never, never, never got to the big show. Yep. And, uh, you know, we've said this about a lot of people. It wasn't his fault. Um, I think he was criticized a little bit for falling short of the enormous expectations that were placed on him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he came into the league, I think he was put on the same pedestal as people like LeBron James was in the NBA. And um, his, his his numbers are fantastic. I mean, what is he, number six all time in home runs or something like that? I mean, uh, he, he, he was a, a great player. He just... I, I think his, I think the expectations were so high that there was no way that he could have lived up to those playing for the teams that he did. Had he been a guy who was able, like A-Rod, to go to a team that had a lot more stars on it, um, I think his legacy would be a little different. A little bit. Um, and he, uh, to that note, too, he was on, um, hold on one second here. Lost the page. Here we go. Uh, he was uh, uh, um, elected to the Hall of Fame in 2016 with 99.32% of the vote. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, no brainer. Breaking it's the highest ever, right? The second highest ever. And, and, uh, and, was and, the and, highest and, then. It's not the highest now. Somebody yeah, got 100% there. a couple years ago. Yeah, <laughs> he, he was pretty good, too. Uh, um, and, he broke, and he broke Seaver's record of 98.84. Which uh, stood for twenty four years before he uh, before he got in. I, I think I think if you look at some other lists of top center fielders, I think he's he's probably higher than maybe he is on our list. Yeah. Um. I I always felt that his impact did, in in the game didn't sort of match the numbers that he put up. That was just my sort of eyeball test of him. Yeah. Um. I, I you know and and. It was a little. It was, he had a little bit of Russell Westbrook in him, you know. I mean, it was just great player, uh, sort of a little bit of a of a. You know, he wasn't always the media darling. He didn't always like to have the microphone or the cameras shoved in front of him. Incredibly athletic, and his numbers just kind of blew you away. But you, you, his impact was never quite what I think a lot of other people expected out of him. Yeah, I agree. There you go. Number six, Ken Griffey Jr. Brings us to number five. Number five is Tris Speaker. Tristram Edgar Spre- Speaker. Uh, the Great Eagle. The Great Eagle was his uh, nickname there. He uh, played for the Boston Americans slash Red Sox uh, from 07 to 2015. He played for the Indians. <laughs> 07 to 1915. 07, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, 20... he for, if he played from 1907 <laughs> to 2015, then he would definitely be number one on this list. Did I say 20? I don't care what his stats were. <laughs> well, they'd have to be the greatest ever, just longevity. He's 290. His average old. went down when he hit 110. 
Well, he only played like 37 games a year. Yeah. But that was for the last 35 years of his career. So <laughs> it still added up. It added up. It added up. So uh, 2000, I'm sorry, 1907 <laughs> to 1915. <laughs> with the Red Sox. Uh, 1916 to 26 with the Indians. Played for the Senators for a year and the Philly Athletics for a year as well. And he managed the uh, the Cleveland Indians uh, pretty much uh, most of the years that he played for them as well. Yeah, during um, Kenny Lofton's era. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. From 1919 till 21-26. <laughs> He's still under contract. He's still under for another 105 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> He's got that going for him. So, in any He's event. making 135 bucks a season, which is really high. <laughs> exactly. Well, it was good. It was good numbers back then. So it was a good. Absolutely. It was a good deal for the uh, for the. That's Indians. right. Yeah. So, that was really good. So, three-time World Series champion, his American League uh, MVP in 1912, American League batting champion in 1916, home run leader in 1912, uh, RBI leader in 1923, Red Sox Hall of Fame. He's in the Indians Hall of Fame. Um, he's got a couple of Major League Baseball records from 100 years ago. He's got uh, two, uh, 792 career doubles, and uh, he's got 449 career outfield assists. Yeah. And uh, he's in the <laughs> – again, in the, he's in Cooperstown. And uh, here's the stats, though. His career batting average, 345. <laughs> Come on. 345 is career batting average. 3,514 hits. He only had 117 home runs, but he had 1,529 RBIs against 792 doubles. He had 792 doubles. How many of those doubles from 1930 on when the right field wasn't 687 oh, sure. would have no, been home runs? I would, I, mean, you know. I, would, I would say that the probably the bulk of those doubles would have yeah. been home runs. Least, so he, he would have yeah. been flirting with six or 700 uh, home runs. <laughs> he had 117 home runs. The average distance was 512 feet. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, uh, yeah. And 436 so, stolen bases. 436 stolen bases. That's so, what you yeah. call an all-around player. Absolutely. He's pretty good. Played for 612 seasons. Longer <laughs> than baseball has even existed. He's still managing well, but two of those were strike seasons. That's they were, right. yeah, two strike seasons. So. Right. And and obviously his baseball last year, card, it wasn't even a black and white photo. It was drawn. It was, <laughs> it was yeah, it was it was drawn. Plus all the stats on the back, it right. needed several other cards attached to it. He was originally <laughs> he was originally on the penny. <laughs> it was like one was of the, those, wheat, the wheat penny, right? One yeah. of those accordion yeah. things. Was right. That was his baseball card. That's right. Exactly. He got paid in twelve wooden nickels on his first season. Uh, yeah, and that wasn't even per game; that was per season. That's right. So, in any event, he uh, yeah, just uh, all all joking aside, an amazing player amazing. with amazing, amazing stats, crazy. Um, yeah, sixth all time in career batting average of, of not of center fielders of players, everyone of everyone right. sixth of everyone. Yeah, so there you go. The Gray Eagle, uh, Tris Speaker, number five. It brings us to number four. Number four is none other than the Yankee Clipper himself. Mr. Joseph Paul DiMaggio. Jolton Jew uh, played his entire career for the Yankees uh, from 36 to 51 with three years off in between to serve his country. 13-time All-Star, nine-time World Series champion, three-time AL MVP, two-time American League batting champion, two-time home run leader, two-time RBI leader, uh, Major League Baseball uh, 56-game hitting streak um, record. 
Major League Baseball record 56-game hitting streak. His number five is retired with the Yankees. He's in Monument Park, of course, in Yankee Stadium. Member of the baseball all-century team. He's in Cooperstown. Career batting average, 325, uh, 2,214 hits, 361 home runs, and 1,537 RBIs. Uh, yeah, Jolton Joe right there. Joe DiMaggio, guys. Well, I mean, look, uh, I had him higher than I think anybody else. I I, I know how good Mickey Mantle is. Um, and, and, look, I, it's an argument that's kind of futile. But DiMaggio was just an incredible, incredible player. And he, he, you know, he hit for a higher average. He won more championships. He, he was... I mean, yes, his career was not as long as a lot of other players. But what he did in what was it, a 12-year span is just unbelievable. I mean, he, he, won, a, he won a championship almost every year he played. Pretty much. And the other years where he didn't win it, he was in the World Series. Yeah. So, I mean. Oh, they went to the World Series. They were just perennially going to the World Series. Yeah, almost I every mean, year. He's, he's just one of the best ever. And you know, culturally kind of an icon for an entire generation. Sure. And, um, you know. I think reluctant icon, though. Absolutely. Very private person, didn't really want absolutely. to spotlight. And, and, you know, like a lot of those guys back then, he he just went about it. I mean, he was kind of, he was another guy on the team, even though he was a superstar. Right. But um, he's, I mean, it's, it's hard to it's hard to put him in the context of some of these other players because the, the other players on this list above him, I could argue that the top four on this list could all easily be number one. If you're starting an all time team, you can't go wrong with you can't any, go wrong with any of these fact, four. In fact, right. with I want the exception all four. of maybe Babe Ruth. I'm going to start Mantle and left, DiMaggio in center, and you know Ty Cobb and right. I mean, it's just. It, it, it's hard to argue that you're splitting hairs. Right. And uh, the, the argument that goes against DiMaggio is that he did not, he didn't have the length of career that other people did, but imagine if those two, and we could say this about a number of players, but imagine if those two to three seasons where he went to serve in a war. Mm-hmm. Three <laughs> were, seasons. He was completely gone seasons. out yeah. of baseball gone for three, for three, three seasons. The prime of his career. I mean, yeah. I would argue that his, inc- his numbers would have been even higher. I mean, even his career batting. Average. Oh well, of course. Yeah, of course. And yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, I just, I can't. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I just can't imagine. Not to mention, he was married to Marilyn Monroe. Right. Yeah, that's. Here's all I got to say about Joe DiMaggio: sixty-eight hundred at bats, three hundred sixty-nine strikeouts. Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. Right. That to me is, uh, you know, not his most impressive number, perhaps, but. An amazing number that stands out amongst yeah. any of these great players, and you know the Mar- and Marilyn Monroe. And the Marilyn Monroe thing is kind of interesting because he was the one guy. I mean, that was definitely sort of the loss of his life in a lot of ways. Um, you know, they were obviously not together when she died, but he he took care of her and took care of his family even after um, you know she she passed. So it was. Uh, yep. It's kind of a sad story in a lot of ways. I think there was it was a, it was I think she was the love of his life in a lot of ways. Sure. And yeah, I mean, what a star! I mean, A Rod and J Lo today don't come close to you know Joe DiMaggio and Marilyn Monroe. Yeah, it was I mean, a, a little bit more, a little bit, a little bit, 
little bit different. But um, yeah, I mean, he was uh, he was Joe DiMaggio. That's all you got to say. I mean, there's very few people who uh, have a song written about him. This is true. No. This is very true. And he, his nine-career World Series rings was second only to uh, his, uh, his Mr. cohort. Mr. Mr. Barra. Mr. Barra, who won 10. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and he had a he had a couple of brothers that were uh, major league players, uh, major yeah. league center fielders too, Vincent uh, and Don. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, what a what a legacy of center fielders in that you know you went from DiMaggio to Mantle. I mean, it's just sure. Oh yeah, pretty, and no pretty, and no gaps. When 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 no. Joe was done playing, Mickey started. Yeah, pretty crazy. <laughs> pretty crazy. I mean, unbelievable. that's unbelievable. We talked about the the left fielders in Boston. Well. There's some pretty good center fielders, center fielders in New York. In, in the Bronx, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> there you go. And and that's and that's the first one of the uh, of the few. Or yeah. that was the first one of the few, I should say. Uh, number four, Joe DiMaggio. Uh, Jolton Joe, the Yankee Clipper. There he is. Brings us to number three, Shocker. Who might this be? Mr. Mickey Mantle. There you go. Uh, the Mick, the Commerce Comet. That's another nickname for Mickey Charles Mantle. Uh, with the uh, Yankees for his entire career, 20-time All-Star. Yes, I'll say it again, 20-time All-Star. He played a long time. Uh, you know how many years he played? 22. Uh, he, played, he played 21 years. 21. <laughs> and, you know, he kind of, I mean, you know, my, my dad talked about Mickey Mantle a lot. I mean, I think he was, it was you know, towards, he was, he was a kid during a lot of his prime years. And, um. You know, I think Mickey Mantle kind of beat himself up both physically and, you know, I mean, he sort of abused himself a little bit. Yeah. He, he lived a very, he lived hard. And I think he, it was a result of him not really, I mean, a kid from Oklahoma trying to, you know, make it in New York under the, yeah. under the spotlight and, and, and filling the shoes, literally filling the shoes of, of a legend. Of, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you, nobody really puts that in, 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 in perspective, but to, to, um, he was number seven time world series champion, uh, three time AL MVP, triple crown in 56 gold glove award in 62 batting champion in 56, uh, four time home run leader, uh, RBI leader in 50, uh, 56. His number seven, of course, is retired. He's in Monument Park, uh, major league baseball, all century team. Of course, he's in Cooperstown career batting average, two ninety eight, two thousand four hundred and fifteen hits. 536 home runs and 1,509 RBIs. Continue. Sorry. Just want to get them in there. And he hurt his knee, right? He stepped in a storm. He played in 12 yeah. World Series. I mean, come on. And, uh, yeah, my, I mean, look, we're going to get to other, other people on this list. Uh, I, mean, I don't think it's we're ruining anything by saying what it is. There's some, there, there's some people. I think in his prime, there was probably nobody prettier to watch track down fly balls than Mickey Mantle. Right. I mean, he was just amazing in that capacity. And yeah, I mean, he played he played a long career and a lot of it through a lot of pain and a lot of injury. There was no fucking load management for Mickey Mantle. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. He just played through it. And uh he he did it with some flying colors, that's for sure. Yes, he did. Uh, just, just, just crazy numbers. Uh, both of these, uh, both of these guys from the uh, from the Yankees, like you said, Red Sox had uh, a string of left fielders. The Yankees definitely a string of center fielders. So number three, the Mick Mickey Mantle. That brings us to number two, Mister Ty Cobb. Um, 
Tyrus Raymond Cobb, to be exact. Georgia Peach. Uh, he played he, he played uh, for the uh, Tigers, and he also played a couple seasons at the end of his career for the Philly Athletics. Um, managed the uh, Tigers for uh, for seven years while he was playing there as well. Um, AL MVP in uh, nineteen eleven, Triple Crown in oh nine. That's nineteen oh nine. Uh, I just want to point that out. Twelve-time <laughs> American League batting champion. Twelve. He was a contemporary of Tris Speaker. He was absolutely um, American <laughs> League home run leader, four-time RBI leader, six-time stolen bases leader. Uh, name uh, his name is honored by the Tigers. Um, uh, which called Major League Baseball Century Team. He has a Major League Baseball record three sixty-six career batting average, folks. That is the highest batting average, career batting average uh, there has been. 4,191 hits, 117 home runs, 1,938 RBIs, 892 stolen bases, a um, little bit above 500 managerial record, and, of course, he is in Cooperstown. Ty Cobb, guys? I mean, he played 24 years. I mean, we, we talked about Mike Trout, and I think when it's all said and done, maybe, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, Trout obviously won't have the batting average or the the sheer number of hits that Ty Cobb did, but Ty Cobb was was again dominating the game and not really going to the World Series. I mean, he, he played in three World Series, he lost all three. Um, his his numbers dipped considerably, but he his lowest batting average, if I'm looking at this correctly, for any season was. Wait, hold on. Where am I here? Okay, here we go. So his 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 lowest batting average was three thirty. I mean, is is three twenty three? Is that correct? Uh, yeah. Yeah. If you if you yeah. throw out oh uh, five and oh six, yeah. Nineteen oh five. If you want to if you yeah. want to count yeah. Oh, yeah. if you want to count oh six because he did play about a hundred games. Yeah. So three sixteen was his so first sixteen. And, and who, who, you know, so he so he his, he, he had three sixteen his first season, and then I mean. This is unbelievable. 350, 324, 377, 382, 419, 409, 389, 368, 369, 370, 383, 382, 384. Oh, and then he has a bad year and hits 334. It goes back up to 389. Then in his, what, 19th season, hits 401. Three, I mean, it, I, I get it. The numbers are a little different in that era. But still, I mean... <laughs> He hit 366 yeah. lifetime. Crazy. And, oh, and, and it has just an enormous amount of base hits. I mean, all yeah, who, was, who was I talking about before had five 200 hit seasons? Was uh, it uh, Puckett? Kirby Puckett? Yeah, Kirby Puckett. Yeah. yeah uh, Cobb's got nine. Yeah. And he's and, got and a 194 and a 191 and a 197. You know, we talk about people making it to the va- to the vaunted. 3,000 hit club. Well, he's got 4,189 hits. Mm-hmm. And and granted, I understand he, he, you know, people still. He did that with bat while well, batting 366. 366. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. System center fielder. System, System center fielder. Center. And number two on our list, Mr. <laughs> Tyrus Raymond Cobb. There you go. That brings us to number one. Center fielder on this list is nothing but the say, hey, kid. There it is right there, Mr. Willie Howard Mays, Jr. Say, hey, kid. Uh, played for, uh, he was on the uh, Negro Leagues for a few years, and then he uh, 
uh, got on the Giants, New York and San Francisco Giants, obviously, for the majority of his career. Last two years he spent back in New York with the Metsies. 24-time All-Star. I'll say it again, 24-time All-Star. World Series champion in 54, uh, two-time National League MVP, National League Rookie of the Year in 51, 12-time Gold Glove Award winner, Roberto Clemente Award winner in 71, um, National League batting champion in 54, four-time National League home run leader, four-time National League stolen bases leader. He hit four home runs in one game on April 30th, 1961. His number 24 with the Giants is retired. He's on the Giants' wall of fame. He's on the Major League Baseball all-century team and all-time team. Of course, he's in Cooperstown. <coughs> Excuse me. Batting average, career batting average, 302. Uh, 3,283 hits, 660 home runs. And by, the way, and by the way, he's the all-time home run champion. Uh, he's the all-time home run champion? Yeah. Okay. Willie Mays, the all-time home run champion? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Explain yourself. Well, I mean, look. By the uh, way, 1,903 uh, RBIs yeah. and 338 stolen bases. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I, I just think that um, I, I think he would have had a lot more based on when he played, the parks that he played in. And and and, and I, I think had he played in more recent years, I think that number would have been a lot higher. Gotcha. And he still hit 660 home runs. Yeah, I mean, if he if 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 you can equate the, the parks he played in uh, to another hundred home runs or, or so, yeah. then yeah, he would have been. Um, I mean, obviously, maybe you know, I still think Hank that 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 record belongs to Hank Aaron, but I really do think Willie Mays, where he played and when he played, I think it, it's still an amazing number, six hundred sixty. But he he was he was. He was a hell of a home run hitter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, crazy numbers. Great style play. And got into a, you know, played another World Series at the end of his career, too. Um, unfortunately, did not win it. Came close. Um, but a couple he won, of What did he win? One World Series? He won one World Series, yes. Um, had the Mets uh, won game seven that year and, uh, and um, won the World Series. He would have won two. That's the way that. I think that math works. I think pretty sure. Yeah, but, uh, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Where but, uh, podcasters, but, not mathematicians, but this still. is true. This is true. But uh, yeah, Willie Mays, just an amazing, uh, amazing talent. As is all the other uh, gentlemen on this list as well. But uh, he's he's our number one for tonight. Yeah. Number one, Mr. Willie Howard Mays Jr. I mean, I'm sure they'll add that to his Wikipedia page. Oh, they better. In fact, I may yeah. put it on myself. He's probably going to, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. sure he's got people who are going to. Yeah, they're going to be looking at that. Absolutely. That on there. Yeah. All right. Well, that will bring us to this week's Old Balls segment. Old Balls. Harry, why don't you tell us who this week's Old Balls recipient is? This week's Old Balls recipient is none other than Mr. Cool Papa Bell. No, he wasn't the bass player for Cool and the Gang. <laughs> but he was probably maybe one of the best players to ever play uh center field in the Negro leagues. He played for, all right, let's, let's look at this. Now he played for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine teams, including the St. Louis stars, the Detroit wolves, the Kansas city monarchs, the scented Domingo, the Homestead grays, the Pittsburgh Crawfords. He was in the Mexican league from 1938 to 1941, came back and played for the Memphis Red Sox. And then the Chicago American giants in 19, 19- 
42. He won two Negro League World Championships and was an eight-time All-Star. Look, the reason why I bring him up is that he is considered one of the fastest players to ever play the game of baseball. And maybe some of it is legend. Maybe some of it is exaggerated. But um, his speed is something that was just legend. He had a career batting average of 300, you know, 328. And he was without a doubt one of the, the biggest stars of the Negro League. And I think a lot of these guys get forgotten. So later on, some of these people were able to obviously break the color barrier and move into Major League Baseball. But he, you know, he's he's one of these guys who was just an old school baseball player who played incredibly well in a league that probably at the time had some of the best players uh, in the world. They just happened to not be playing in Major League Baseball. You know, he started his career as a knuckleball pitcher, okay, and for a semi-pro team, and went on to become a center fielder, uh, and, and and obviously played for a, a number of different teams. But he was he was a great hitter. He you know was not a power hitter by any means, but he and he was just one of these guys who got on base, stole bases, played and was an incredible fielder. And um, you know his 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 lifetime batting average is you know batting average in the Negro League was three twenty eight. His lifetime batting averages uh, was three thirty seven. I mean and. James Thomas Cool Papa Bell. And uh, I don't know. It, it, it would have been great to see him play alongside some of these other names on this list. Uh, yeah. Because I think he would have uh, surpassed some of them. He yeah. ranked uh, 66th on the list of greatest baseball players ever published by the Sporting News in 99. Yeah. yeah. That was 19. And they, uh, I think he was. He's one of the first switch hitters, too. Sure. Maybe the first guy or one of the first guys in which they said uh, he was so fast he could uh, turn off the light switch and be in bed before it got dark. That's right. Yeah, I mean, there, there was supposedly, <laughs> uh, you know, just man, story after story after story of people seeing his speed in action and just being completely blown away by it. And um, he played all over the place. I mean, he just – I mean, he I, – I, I guess, you know, they, they were treated horribly a lot of them. And, um, you know, they were always in, they were always getting screwed on pay. And I guess he left the, the Crawfords and when they, when they literally defaulted on the player's salary and he, along with Satchel Page went and played and other players on the team went and played in the Dominican Republic. Uh, <laughs> which by, it was so bad being in the United States at that time that he went to play for a team that was assembled by the dictator of the Dominican Republic. Right. So, um, you know, at least somebody paid him. Uh, unfortunately, they, you know, again, these guys were treated so poorly that uh, they were treated better by a dictator than they were by their own country. So, uh, you know, uh, just not, not an easy time. I mean, these are guys who just literally grinded it out. Uh, and um, what what can you say? I mean, yeah. he paved the way for a lot of other people to, to have the opportunity to to be where they are today. And uh, and I just when you see somebody who's who's, who's done that much in, in a career for that many teams and had to go through that much um, 
you know, adversity to get there, then you have to kind of respect what they were able to do on a different level. And he's in, and he's in Cooperstown. He is. Yeah. And he's in Cooperstown. There you go. So, here's, here's a couple of things that some of his contemporaries said about him. Sure. Uh, if he bunts the ball and it bounces twice, just put it in your pocket. You're not throwing him out. Yeah. Uh, every time he hits one back to the pitcher, everyone yells, hurry up. <laughs> to the pitcher. To the pitcher. <laughs> and uh, one time he got called out when he hit a ball up the middle, and it struck him in the leg as he was sliding into second. Which <laughs> <laughs> is my, kind of my favorite one. Uh, oh, that's great. So, I love that. There you go. That's, uh, there that's you go. Stuff. That's this week's Old Balls. Old yeah. Balls. Yeah, and, it, Bell, Papa. And, he, and he was portrayed. He was portrayed in a, in a movie as, as you know, being uh, being less. He was chided for being a less, being a lesser player than, uh, or uh, Ty Cobb was being chided in the movie for being a less, less of a player than Bell. So I mean, that's. I think when you're when you're being portrayed as a better player than Ty Cobb in an era when they couldn't actually play uh, against each other, I think that. That, that's of note. That's for yes. sure. Maybe that's why Cobb was so ornery. <laughs> yeah, Cobb was def- Cobb definitely had some uh, character flaws. Yeah, they said that about him. He never had a chance to prove him wrong, so he was <laughs> just right. pissed off all the time. Just that's right. Right. Well, there you go. And just as a side note before we uh, move out of baseball, uh, two hours and eight minutes into the podcast, um, <laughs> the Mets won 14-1. Uh, to 1. Yay! There you go. 14 to 1. So they made up for last night, pretty much. Uh, so there you go. All right. Um, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's do a little, uh, there's a little bit of football to talk about. By the way, the, Island, the Islanders are up 6 2 with 18 seconds left. There you go. So take that, you chow to heads. I'm We're moving on. There you go. Um, which we got? Uh, Julio Jones, uh, no longer a Falcon, went to the Titans. Do you see the uh, deal? You see no. what the, uh, you see what the, for him? No. Uh, ready? no. Ready for this? Ready for this uh, load? Ready? Uh, a 20, uh, 2022 second round pick, a 2023 fourth round pick, and a 2023 sixth round pick. I think that's, that's about it. right. That's it. There you go. Is that? Um, <laughs> that'll uh, that'll do it. I mean, he's, he's 32. That's it? But that's... Uh, that's it. That's uh. That's all they get him. I, I mean, mean what, what what did you what did you expect to get for him? Well, no, I mean, I didn't expect like a slew of uh, of of of. Uh, I didn't expect like a Odell Beckham return to uh, you know in the trade to uh, Cleveland, but you would think that Julio Jones would uh, would garner more than a second round pick next year and then a fourth and a sixth the year after. Um, you know, maybe not a fourth, maybe like two seconds, or uh, I don't know, a player back and a couple of. Uh, uh, a it's, a league, it's a league run by the players, and yeah. he wanted out. So yeah. you get whatever you can for him. Well, they wanted to clear his salary too, you know. Uh, and um, I, I think it's probably not a bad move. It's, yeah. it's, I mean, it's it's a win win for both, but yeah. um, it's just it's just funny to look at it like that. But and uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, a couple of things came out. He says he's he's content, quote unquote. He's content watching the Packers squirm. He's reportedly done with them, and will and and has been quoted as saying he will never wear a Packers jersey again. Of course, that Neither could change. Will I. Right there, you go. But of course, that could change once training camp starts, and he's sitting there and itching to play, you know. And they make a phone call. But apparently, Devontae Adams says uh, was quoted as uh, saying he supports uh, Rogers. He's got his back in whatever he does. So, 
There you go. But here's the thing about Aaron Rodgers. This case I find interesting. Like who's who's gonna give him shit for doing what he's doing? Right. Like the media is, you know, they're gonna talk about it. And what is he gonna do? What is he gonna do? Are the Packer fans gonna turn on Aaron Rodgers? No. No. That would take so. a that would take a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, they have to be really bad for let's say you know what the first I, half of the season, and I, then they might go, "Hey, Aaron, come on, man, I you're still think, on the team." But like, I think I, I think the fans are with them hundred percent. Yeah, I think yeah, that's I, what I, I mean. think it's like, more likely that the fans would 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 back him before they'd back hundred uh, percent. The, 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 the right, man, but I'm saying it, it would right. It would take a lot for them to turn on him. And if they're not going to turn on him, you know, if they're not going to give him crap, then who is? So he's, right. you know, he's in the catbird seat. That's true. The media can say what they want to say. He doesn't care. He doesn't. He, he can go host Jeopardy. So, well, uh, and maybe that's what he wants to do. It could very well be. I, I can't see him wanting to stop playing football at this point in his career, honestly. Um, but hey, you know what? Everybody's different, right? Here, here's my problem with, and here's why I think it's really just him trying to force the hand of Green Bay to put more talent behind him. Because if you really look at it, what team can he go to right now that doesn't already have, let's just call it a top or elite quarterback on their team that would, would give him a better chance of winning a championship. Well, you, said really, one, you said one a couple of weeks ago. I did. I, I don't, mm -hmm. I can't prove that it's better, but if you look at it on paper, they have better receivers, mm -hmm. probably a better running back if he's healthy. The offensive line is questionable, and their defense is maybe slightly better on paper than what Green Bay's has been in the last couple of years. Sure. But that's it. Bay, one of Green Bay's best uh, defensive uh, players is on that team now. So. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> in the, in the past, I mean, going to Denver does not give him a better chance to win a championship. Going to the Raiders certainly doesn't. Sure. I mean, uh, unless he goes and plays tight end for Tom Brady, it, it, I don't know where else he goes. <laughs> you know, um, so I unless think he goes a, to New England, I think it's a lot of that. That doesn't give him a better chance right now than than Green Bay. I mean, no, I, no, you can I, say I, what you want about Belich Belichick and how great he is, but he's he's also dug himself a hole in that he's got no talent. You know, I mean, he's right. got a shitty quarterback. Let's and Aaron Rodgers obviously improves that position. Sure. But he's not going to have better receivers when he looks wide right and wide left than what he's got in Green Bay. Right. Well, so, and that's and that's not their mo. I mean, no. Right. We all know what Tom Brady did more with less. Yeah. Is that the position that Aaron Rodgers wants to be in? I right. think he'd rather right. have some, you know, more talent around him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and look, Robert Kraft might be willing to do some of that, but, but maybe the, more but, so than but Green Patriots, Bay. But it's the Patriots haven't building. even been mentioned. The Patriots haven't even been no, mentioned. and it wouldn't, and it wouldn't be this season. And, and Belichick and wouldn't have drafted a quarterback for the first time if he had any inkling that Aaron Rodgers right. would be coming there. So yeah. I, I think I don't think Rodgers. I do. I, I thought that okay, he he's for, he just wants out, and Green Bay is going to give it to him. And they're going to get whatever they can for him, and he's going to go somewhere just because he wants out. I don't think that's the case. I think they're playing a cat and mouse game. I think Green Bay knows that there's no place that he's going to go because the one legitimate shot to maybe have a lateral move and be in a better position geographically that he wanted to be in was San Francisco. And, and they offered him a lot to the Packers, and they turned it down. Mm -hmm. So I don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I don't either. I think this is just uh, – I, I think they're going to put – do to make a couple moves, put a couple more people behind them, uh, throw them a couple extra bucks, and he'll be. But, back but, but I don't think they're going to do it, and I think it could be 
a guy who retires after winning, you know, whose last season is, is, uh, you know, is goes out as an MVP playing in an NFC championship game and doesn't play again. That's amazing. If that happens, I will be, I will be shocked if that happens. I'm not saying it can't sure. It's an option. It's a possibility, but if he he sits out this year, what position does that put him in with the Packers next year? Well, he's got, he's still got three years left in his contract, right? So he would have to sit. He can't just go to no, can't I'm, sit I'm out not, a year and go to another team. No, no, he'd I'm have not, to sit out for three years. I'm and not then talking. Go I'm not talking about. Uh, I'm talking about what position does it put him in, in in what he's actually looking for. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, I mean, yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck you and not play this year. So so next year magically you're gonna you know I'm gonna have a hissy fit. I'm gonna be a child stomping around, and then you're gonna change everything and and. I mean, we saw the same thing with Russell Westbrook, where he was complaining about, and he didn't go anywhere, but he's going to play this year. He's going to show up to practice. Right. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, Rogers shows up and plays. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think he wants to. Je- I, I don't think he can take a year off and then come back and 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 have any. I don't think it gains him anything. You go play as the CFL. As, as far as leverage, but he doesn't want to do that. That's the thing. If he wanted to play for uh, for a lesser team, they would have traded him. Right. I got you. Um, moving on, some Giants news. Uh, sad news out of uh, uh, Las Vegas uh, yesterday. Jim Fossil uh, passed away. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Relatively young guy. Seventy-one. Seventy-one. Um, he was the uh, yeah. He had a, he apparently he was complaining of chest pains. They took him to the hospital. Had a heart attack in the hospital and passed away. But. Wow. Um, which we call it. Yeah, he's uh, 71 years old. He was uh, in 1991. He became the quarterbacks coach of the Giants. Uh, 92, he was promoted to the offensive coordinator, and of course uh, was uh, uh, left with the uh, whole uh, regime change there from the Ray Hanley years into Dan Reeves, <laughs> um, and in, then brought back in uh, 97. Uh, coached the Giants for uh, for seven seasons. Uh, coach of the year in 97, uh, 2000. If you remember, he made that all in guarantee. Um, and uh, they were seven and four when he made it, so they weren't in bad shape. They he just made an all-in guarantee. Uh, they were seven and four when he made the guarantee, and the next game they lost after that was the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. went twelve and four in the regular they season. Went, right? They went twelve and four in the regular season. They went seven straight. Went through the uh, playoffs. Forty-one nothing. They beat Minnesota in the uh, NFC Championship game. Yeah, I remember that game. Then they lost forty-one nothing. Then the they Super lost Bowl. thirty-four yeah. to seven. And the yeah. only the only points they scored was Ron Dixon's kickoff return of the second half. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> That was the only point scored. That's a, I, I, yeah, I, which I, was immediately followed by. Why do I forget? Immediately followed by. by another, yeah, yeah. <laughs> why do I? Why do I? Why do I forget that world? That Super Bowl. I mean, it's it just doesn't register <laughs> in the lore of the Giants to me. It's, it's because it, you, you put it you put it out of your mind because they lost it. Like, and and it wasn't like that games. they played a good game and just came up short. No. They 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 got the shit kicked out of them. That that. Giants team is like the '99 Knicks. I mean, they like they made it. They made it to the championship, mm-hmm. but should one, they? One game. Should they have? No. <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. But right. um, Islanders win six two. Islanders win. Moving on. There you go. Are they um, the team of destiny this year? Um, All right, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that. In We're talking about football right now, folks. There you go. But but yeah. So anyway, so yeah. Sad news. But rest in peace, Mister uh, Coach Fossil. So All right. um, I actually met him once, uh, and I actually uh, getting coffee. Uh, uh, ran into him uh, paying for uh, my cup of coffee. He I'm six four. He was he was like two three inches taller than me. 
I was looking looking up at him talking to him. So uh, tall guy, but anyway. Sad sad he's gone. But anyway, um uh Galladay uh has been working out with uh, Daniel Jones. Uh, so uh there's something there for you, Mr. uh Mr. Teach, he's teaching him how to throw. He's teaching him how to throw, so <laughs> um but uh yeah, he's Galladay was actually uh from between seasons uh 2018-2019. He was actually fourth with 25 plus yard receptions. Uh and uh, he had 26, and mm-hmm. he was only be- he was only behind Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, and Julio Jones. So, yeah, that's good company for him. So if he can recreate that with uh, Daniel Jones, yeah, he brought Daniel Jones some spider yeah. tack. Considering the spider t- tack, considering the two of those on the guys. Ball. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, well, he didn't get traded. It was, uh, free agent uh, signing. Free agent. Free agent. Yeah. Look on paper, the Giants have have assembled themselves a pretty nice group of receivers. I mean. Will Kyle Rudolph stay in one piece? I don't know. I mean, that's definitely an improvement in well, tight ends. Well, three tight ends. Too, I know, you know? But, but that also allows them to, to put what's-his-name in more of a wide-out position, which he kind of is. Uh, you know what? I, Evan Ingram's a slot receiver, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He's not a tight end. And um, <laughs> But that gives – I mean, that, that that does create some matchup problems. The question is, is can the Giants block for three seconds so Daniel Jones can throw the ball? And will Daniel Jones be able to get the ball to these receivers? We'll see. We'll see. There's no excuses now. There's no. no excuses that he doesn't have talent, that he doesn't have a, you know, he well, needs two or three years. He's had those years. He sucked. Let's see what he does. And the offensive line is still in question. I mean, they yeah, were they were is. getting better towards the end of the season, but they lost is. their best. They lost their best player on their offensive line, too. I know. So, um, uh, in Zeitler, which, but, which, which brings me to the point of why are, why are they assembling all of these receivers making without, all of, with, without, without making a significant – off-season acquisition on the offense. And it, it wasn't going to be a draft pick, so I, I, I'm yeah. fine with that, but they should have gone out and picked up somebody. Just a little more depth to rotate in and out, whatever they had to do. The only thing that they're resting their laurels on, like I keep saying, like I said, the, I've said before, is the fact that they have Pat Flaherty back in the mix. And he's not if, the offensive court. He's not the uh, offensive line coach, but he's a consultant, so he's going to work with the offensive line coach. And if what's-his-name comes back and plays and is able to play at a modicum of what he did to you three years ago now, mm-hmm. um, I think that helps them move people back into a position that they're more comfortable in. And it's also going to take some players who maybe had a rough start, in, you know, it, but are, are now have some, some game-time experience under their belt. And, and right. the offensive line is one of those – I do believe, you know, people always say, well, you can throw an offensive, if it's, if it's a good offensive lineman, they can come out of college and contribute right away. Right. I think that's true for defensive linemen. I don't think that's true for I don't think it's true for offensive linemen. Because you're having to adjust to the speed of that position, which is night and day compared yeah. to college. Absolutely. And there's a lot more pass blocking involved than there is. And even if you're playing at a, at a on a college team that's heavily reliant on, on, the, on passing, Although it's, the, it's, uh... it's an adjustment. Although the uh, the the pick that I wanted them to pick over Andrew Thomas last year, um, that I know went out to be an all pro. Went, well, yeah, exactly. That would have uh, that would have been the pick right there. Tristan Worth was sitting in their and pocket. I, and they I don't think Andrew Thomas was. A, I mean, if you if you if you look at what everybody else said about Andrew Thomas, the the Giants made, I think, uh, I think they made a, a, a selection based on the information that they had around him. Obviously, sure. they had people looking at him too in real time. Um, I still think he's going to be an okay. Offensive lineman, and hope maybe maybe he becomes a, a, a you know pro bowler. Well, I mean, down, it was his first line. year, and there's a learning curve. So and he's playing; know. he was playing a little out of position. Right. So, 
We'll see what happens with I th- that. I, I think he's going to be a better – my point being is that I think he would make a better right tackle than left tackle. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, Joe Agreed. Judge is, <laughs> Joe Judge is apparently happy with the way Saquon Barkley attacked rehab too. So uh, hopefully that will help. Hopefully, uh, hopefully rehab's not some guy in the – you know what? The more they talk about Saquon Barkley's rehab, to me, the less likely he's going to be on the field week one. Well, um, yeah. Well, there's that's plenty, just of, the, there's plenty of stories just, out there. So, oh, I mean, it's going great! It's going great! Going great! It's. He's got the same trainer as Giancarlo Stanton. There you go. There you go. But uh, once again, by uh, the way, Stanton hit a home run tonight. Uh, he did. See, he's fine. Yeah, he's fine. I, I just, I just about. need to. I just was he in street clothes when he hit it? He's three for three tonight with five RBIs. <laughs> he's wearing a three-piece Armani suit. I just, I just need to. Run. I just need to time the podcast for, uh, for whenever, for every Yankee game, so I can uh, rip into him. He's three for three tonight with, with two runs scored and five RBIs. There you go. Double a homer and a homer. He's hit two homers tonight. See, he's fine. He's fine. He's back. Yeah, he's, he's like, back. They're playing the Twins. I mean, it's going you know. to be great for the next week and a half. That's right. Until he gets hurt again. <laughs> and uh, one note on the Jets. Get like six home runs in the next you know, <laughs> seven games. Next two games. Yeah. And one note on the Jets. Uh, Zach Wilson apparently had a very impressive showing at latest OTAs. So. Uh, who cares? Uh, but, means uh, nothing. I just, it means nothing, but I figured you'd like to hear uh, that. So. No, I, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm not getting my hopes up. I want to see Zach Wilson have a good showing in Game Six. There you go. In Game Seven, in Game Eight, in Game Nine of the regular season. <laughs> I think saying, they'll be game, fine, but I ain't Game Six pumped. of the NBA Finals. <laughs> there you go. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the Nets just signed Zach Wilson <laughs> to a seven-game contract to take <laughs> James Harden's <laughs> roster spot. Well, it is a it is a possibility that, that could happen. So, all right, let's uh, let's move on to anything else you guys have in football. No, I didn't think so. Let's move on. I to got some... some really cool stuff about the schedule, but I'm not going to bring it up until we get close to the. Until we get close, yeah. yeah. Hold on to it. Yeah, put, put it in your pocket. We'll. Uh, it'll we'll... still be true then. It'll be true then. Absolutely. Um, put it on the shelf next to your uh, one of your towels or whatever next that. To my... Whatever that. Whatever that cage thing is back there. I'll what put it, it what... on the shelf next to my. Is that a bird cage? What do you have? Death nuts. Oh, jeez. Jesus <laughs> what is directly what is is that toilet paper sitting on top of a bird cage what is that that directly is, behind you that's holding up your robe and your looks like a rook actually that is a, a shelving unit it's oh, okay. Uh, okay. things and then you put them together with the little connectors okay. so there's not a bird in there well fight, not a live fight, one no fighting for its life is that your is that your is no, it no, in there fights long question over. for the day <laughs> Is, yes. there, is it in there? Question for the is it in there? Yeah. Is there a dead? Do you yeah, have a dead bird? Is there a dead bird? My second one was: Do you have death nuts? <laughs> do you have? Yeah. Do you have any death nuts? I do. You do. I, my, the, question, the question was: Is there anything dead in, in the room? Oh. And, and the answer is just as nuts. Just, the nuts. just my nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to show you guys this. Hang on. Yeah. You Hopefully, it's not your dead nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Let me close he's, the camera. He's getting out the yeah. OnlyFans camera. Show you Speaking of death nuts, uh, this, folks, you're going to see an angle I've never seen before. <laughs> will we my there you go. There you go. What does it say? We'll remove for beer. We'll remove for beer. There you go. <laughs> I might just, wear this for the rest of the show. Just not there a pineapple go. milkshake IPA, right? 
Probably not. Time out. We're going to venture into the uh, lager room podcast. For a there is a pineapple milkshake IPA. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, there's, there's mango milkshake IPAs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot of oof, There's a lot of... There. Uh, Look, uh, coming, you know... I'm we, shocked you haven't had one. I mean, I know you only. You, can we I know, fuck I, off? Can we fuck off with the IPAs? All right, <laughs> to the to the beer community, can you please fuck off with your IPAs? Not not no no no, not IPAs. IPAs yes. are fine. It's the it's the milkshake IPAs. It's the IPAs yeah. That's yeah. It's the adjunct IPAs. Let's start, I think let's start with separating the milkshakes and the IPAs. There you yeah, go. It's have a milkshake. Like the, uh, have an IPA. Don't have them together. It's like the beer community was like, hey, let's see you can make the worst shit and still people will drink it because, you know, yeah. it'll be craft. And uh, remember, always... the, remember the movie with what's his name? I'm not drinking Merlot. Well, that's what I, uh, that's me with every brewery. I'm not drinking IPAs. I'm not, not drinking, drinking IPAs. any fucking milkshake IPAs. <laughs> not drinking any milkshake IPAs. So basically, it's just a hazy New England IPA with fruit, vanilla, and lactose. That's a milkshake. That's there bad. you go. That's a milkshake. So there you go. Um, it's not. It's not an IPA. It's, it's an IPA the, in the I mean, sense of the word because it's brewed the same way. But it's not an IPA. It's if the Ensel of IPAs. If you're going to do a milkshake, don't you want to do it with a stout? Uh, yeah, there are. They're called yeah, pastry I, stouts. Well, I know. They're, yeah. they're called pastry stouts. Yeah, and there, there you put you put some lactose in that makes it a milk stout. You put in your fruit or whatever. You not so much fruit, but you're going to put in like uh, chocolate or or nuts or toffee or coffee or. Ooh, how about a nice. Um, Death nut pastry IPA. Death nut what a, pastry what a IPA. Difference. What a difference Sweet one and generation spicy makes. at the same time. Yeah. Our, fa our fathers used to drink Schlitz, and that was Schlitz. a celebratory beer. Schaefer. Because, because Rheingold. Yeah, yeah, because Rheingold wasn't on sale. My beer is Rheingold the dry beer. And now you're talking about milkshake. Milkshake. <laughs> mango. Mango. Mango milkshake. Mango milkshake. I've offered my father a taste of beer. He, his answer is get that shit away from me. Yeah, well, <laughs> there was nothing remotely resembling as, as beer at all. Things, I agree with them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, mango milkshake on its own. I, I don't even know if that would sell. Yeah. And, then they add, and then they add it to beer. I don't yeah. know. It's, it's a double... Uh, Bad idea, doubly compounded. It's, yeah, but you know what? Marketing it to the... the uh, um, People that they're marketing it to, um, you know, the, the is crew, it the same, people, is it the, the same public kids that, marketing that aren't watching baseball, they're Pretty marketing much. milkshake beer too. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. And you know like, what? Now, what they you Wasn't Mango Milkshake your drag name? It was. It was back in about '84. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was my drag name. So, unfortunately, they brought it back for a beer. So. Uh, you should see the label. It's pretty interesting. Um, <laughs> I bet. In any event, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 a really uh, uh, weird. Um, you know what? I can I can I can drink it. I'll taste it. I'll taste any beer. Um, but there's some beers that I will drink one. I'll drink two. Year. I'll drink five, ten, whatever. There are some beers that are a flight pour, and that's it. I'm making a point. There are some beers that are a flight pour, and that's it. I can't drink more than four ounces of it, and that's it's only when you're on a plane. Well, if he has like eight beers of a good beer, then there's a whole lot of other beers that he'll drink. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. So, there you go. Well, that's the beer portion of the podcast for today. Right. I will expect yeah. a full sports report uh, on the. Uh, <laughs> We're going to do a sports report on the Logger Room uh, podcast. Guys yeah. Podcast next week. The Logger Room guys. Mango um, monkey milk. All right. Well, are we going to? Uh, are we going to the NBA? I guess? NBA. See the basketball sitting right behind you there, Pete. We're going to NBA. Um, Look at that. Before we talk about the Nets, though, uh, kudos to Coach Tibbs, uh, Coach of the Year. 
Um, uh, nice, uh, uh, nice kudos for him. Yeah, I don't think uh, you can argue with that. Uh, right? You can't really argue about that. That's his second two, uh, his second coach of the year. Got the other one in Chicago, right? Um, yeah. And he's the uh, he's the third uh, Knicks uh, head coach to uh, to get the uh, award. Obviously, Pat Riley and Red Holtzman uh, both uh, received it. But um, did you hear the uh, latest? Uh, who's interested in uh, coming to the uh, coming to play in the Knicks? No, uh, no I'll probably uh, I did, but I can't remember who it is. Kelly uh, Oubre. Who? Kelly Oubre. Oh, I thought it was. Oh no, you know what? It was just a rumor. The Kemba Walker. Oh yeah. Well, there, oh, there's there's oh, some. That, there's that some... wasn't that he's interested. It was just a, one of those speculatory. Yeah. Would well, Kemba the... Walker be a good fit on the Knicks? Oh, so, so there's so... a bunch of speculatory Damian uh, Lillard who, too. Who, who, uh, so. Who's going to be the next Amari Stoudemire? Is the, is what this segment is turning. So you think Kelly Oubre is going to be the next uh, Amari Stoudemire? I don't know. I mean, did What's he his... did he say that or he did. Well, is, acor- his, according, is his contract up? I didn't I didn't read it. According to what I read, um, they uh, he was saying he said he was quoted as saying he wouldn't mind playing for the Knicks. So, um, but uh, in any event, we'll, so uh, you want to leave? Was in the Warriors, right? Steph Curry, mm-hmm. and come play, play with play Julius, with Julius Randall. Randall. Well, maybe he's disenchanted. Maybe he, maybe he doesn't like. Uh, maybe he doesn't like somebody else that's on the Warriors. Maybe he doesn't like. Oh, by the him. way, uh, I please don't have him on inside the NBA anymore. God, <laughs> <laughs> what was he wearing the other night too? I was like, Jesus, dog shit. Uh, interesting, interesting yeah. outfit. Yeah, it was. In any event, we'll, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's all it's all BS and hype right now just for... Uh, for no, I mean, that's good. I mean, that a C-list, B-list player can is, is finally interested in coming to the next. Well, you know, gotta, you got to get to a B-list player coming before you can get to an A-list player coming, right? Right. No, I mean, I, I mean that... <laughs> not not too much tongue-in-cheek. Yeah. Right. Just a yeah, little. Yeah, if, if I'm a star and I'm thinking... Julius Randle and a B-list player? <laughs> Jimmy, give me my phone. There you go. Well, Jimmy. I, I mean, <laughs> Uber is an actual guard. True. So that sort of helps. Is he... We play more small forward, though, right? Um. Yeah, he's... Well... I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> we don't know. He's a pretty decent... Defensive, defensive player. Right, he's yeah. got more. I think he's as big, or maybe has a little bit more range defensively than R.J. Barrett. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. You're, I, you're making. I, a, you're struggling to make a case here. I think he's kind of another R.J. Barrett. Is my point. Is I don't. I, so if you hear his uh, name, he might come to the Knicks, and you don't go. Well, that's definitely going to be a big we'll, part of the we'll puzzle. We'll take him. Right. You'll yeah. take him, yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I. It depends on who we have to give up for him, which I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, <laughs> who knows? It, 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 it's like you give up R.J. Barrett, and then the, and then the uh, Warriors. Uh, yeah, and then R.J. Barrett wins a title with the exactly. Warriors, <laughs> probably with the same <laughs> shitty stats that he has now. Uh, probably hits the game-winning shot. Right. Game-winning yeah. shot against. He only, the, against he only the had next. two points. He only had two points in Game Seven, but those yeah. two points won. Well, they the, were really important. <laughs> they were points, important right. points. Exactly. Right. 
<laughs> It'll be him, Danilo Gallinari. <laughs> he gets the deflection off a block. R.J. Barrett, Derek Rose will go there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and um, Carmelo Anthony on one leg will. Uh, and when I did send Mara Stoudemire back there, right? to have right. him come back and, right. and play over there as well. Oh geez. Well, we'll see what happens. But uh, the uh, Nets up to uh, up to nothing on the Bucks. Um, they averaged uh, first two games. They averaged uh, 120 points per game versus uh, the Bucks uh, 96 and a half points per game. Um, turnovers were big too, 18 uh, to 30. Yeah. Look, um, it, it's 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 playoff time, and if Kyrie Irving does not implode, and Kevin Durant is upright and on the basketball court. Mm-hmm. Even without James Harden, I don't see anybody beating this Nets team. No. I just don't. Now, that doesn't mean I think they're going to sweep, or I don't think they might not have a, a hard time against whoever comes out of the West. But I just don't. Now, having said that, I think that a healthy Philadelphia would give the Nets a little bit more of a run for their money than the way the Bucks are constructed. I also think the Bucks would give the Sixers have more of a run for their money than, than the Hawks and the Hawks are giving the Sixers a run for their money. Right. So I just, you just don't know, but Kevin Durant is the most, he might be the most efficient player in the history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's nobody, he's an assassin and his plus minus when he's on the court is, is off the charts. And, I think he's locked in. I think he's rested. I, and I think that that team has some shooters. And in today's game, that's all, that's what it's going to take. And they, they create night, they create matchup nightmares. Right. And if Harden comes back, I, I it's I, I just don't see anybody beating them. No, no, they're they're yeah. If Harden comes back, forget about it. Right now, they could right now they could do pretty decent damage by without him. So, and they have been I, so. You know, the, 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 all of the teams in the West have one really big star. And then with the exception of the Nuggets because of injuries, and you could argue maybe Michael Porter Jr., they have a big man in Utah and in, and in Phoenix. And obviously Chris Paul plays a big part of that in Phoenix. But they're really driven by a superstar when you're talking about Booker, when you're talking about uh, Donovan Mitchell, Jokic, and Kawhi with the Clippers. Because Paul George, I think, again, proved that he's just not – that clutch time guy that you, that you can rely on in that situation. He's playoff P. It's playoff P. And he's so kidding. I just don't think any of them can match up to what, to what the Nets are doing. Again, Harris, Irving, and, and if Harden comes back, it's just they create a matchup nightmare. They do. And, um, and, and they're, they're arguably convincingly so far beating – a team that many thought would challenge would be their one challenge on their way to the finals. And I I just don't see it happening. I mean, I think, I think the bucks will win at least one game and maybe two, but I think this is a five or six game series at most. Uh, Yeah, I can agree with that. I'm going to say five. I'm going to say they're going to, they're going to gentleman sweep. A gentleman sweep. They're going to have, they're going to have another three gentleman sweeps. (laughs) You know, uh, listen, I, I said I didn't think they win because they wouldn't be able to stay healthy. Um, wasn't necessarily didn't have Harden at the top of the, the uh, potential injuries in that scenario, but 
Uh, a lot of things can happen. Right. You know, I mean, they still are incredibly talented. God forbid if Durant gets hurt, then it, then my analysis changes completely. Forget oh, it. Oh, yeah, of course. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, I, 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 if Harden is out and done and doesn't play another game this season. Um, they can still win. They can still win, but I wouldn't, you know. It's not going to be as the, easy, clearly, but they can still no, win. No, no. I, I don't know if they will, though. Because you know, shit happens. If we've you seen, did, then we've you'd be seen a rich teams man. that we, we've seen teams that we expected to win big. Not maybe not teams like this, but teams that we expected to to win or to to win without a whole lot of trouble, right. and they end up losing. You know, and we've seen teams like you know Miami last year who kind of come out of nowhere and yeah, you know, sure, at least get to the finals. You know, right. so I, you know, I'm holding out hope, but but I mean, with the exception of the Atlanta Hawks, and let, you could argue that they were equal if not better they've proven to be a better playoff team but you know they they were pretty much marginally a lower seed than the Knicks right the first round of the playoffs when the the higher seed won right you know with the exception of uh, of the Hawks and the Knicks which was a of what a four or five matchup so um, yeah but I mean the East was kind of you had the top three and then the Knicks were kind of I mean they were you know literally the best of the rest right but you know there was a significant gap between three, right. you know one, two, right. three, and everybody else. So yeah, you know, I, mean, I mean, my point being is that if the Nets are going to lose a game to Boston, they're probably going to lose a game to Milwaukee and maybe a couple games to the Sixers right. or whoever they, you know, the you know, look, I the Sixers played came out in, in game two and played an incredibly good game, and the Hawks chipped away at it and kept it close, um, much like Utah did against uh you know the clippers coming back and winning that game hmm. this could this that that series goes back to atlanta yeah. i i i still don't think Embiid is completely healthy and i i don't think he's where where his impact is not as great as it as it can be when he's healthy is on the defensive end right. trey young is taking advantage actually of him being in the lane because he he's using him as as a shield around other defensive players, and then he's able to score at, at the rim against Embiid. And so I think Atlanta makes some adjustments, and I would not be surprised if Atlanta wins game three. I think they split in Atlanta, and this, that series goes at least six games. Wow. That's interesting to think about. Um, yeah, and it's quite possible, too. Uh, one uh, – go ahead. I'm sorry, Pete. I was just gonna uh, no go ahead because I was gonna ask what uh, what do you think about Phoenix and the uh, Nugats? Go for it because I have one. It, my my thing wraps up basketball. So oh, there we go. go. For it. Uh, they're down ten at the half and down a game. Phoenix, eh, listen, Phoenix is peaking at the right time. Maybe mm-hmm. it's hard for me not to think that Denver might be a little bit worn out or at least uh, the well, Joker. And c- congratulations to him for uh, yes, congratulations the to the Joker, Absolutely. right? Yeah, like, we, we talked about it for the last two months, right? He had to be MVP. I mean, well, look, the the problem with the Nuggets against Phoenix, and I would say the same thing against Utah, is that the the defensive people that that Phoenix and Utah can throw at the, that Jokic is better than maybe any other team. Yeah. So, and and the Nuggets are looking, you know, even in round one. You had Austin Rivers, who wasn't playing last month, 
covering Damian Lillard and playing major minutes in the backcourt. Because when you look at Devin Booker, when you look at uh, Donovan Mitchell, the, the Nuggets have no answer for these guys on the defensive end because they, much like the Knicks, or they, they have people playing out of position because their backcourt has been decimated. Yeah. And, and when you take somebody who's maybe a half a step below the, the Donovan Mitchells and the Devin Bookers and a Jamal Murray, and you take them him out of that mix, you're starting to see the, the, the Nuggets be exposed for that. Now, what against the Blazers, they could let Damian Lillard go off and they could have a Michael Porter Jr. make it hard on a slower C.J. McCollum. Or, or uh, you know, or or, or put uh, you know Austin Rivers in the backcourt to, to sort of eat up some of that time. The Suns are, are you know, we people talk about Chris Paul and, and Chris Paul's bounced back, and I'm glad to see he's healthy in this series. But with Aiden and some of the other players on the Suns, this is a this is a team that has a balanced inside out game, and they play a really really powerful pick and roll half court game, which is going to help them in the playoffs. You could say the same thing about, about the Utah jazz. So I think they create matchup problems for, for the nuggets. I think the nuggets need to, uh, you know, obviously they go home down to nothing. If they lose this game, I think this is a must win for the nuggets. I do think I agree with Pete. I do think that they're a little tired and I do think that Michael Malone does not have the ability to go deep into his bench at this time because when he goes to that second unit, they their their plus minus shoots way down, and and that's the problem is that Phoenix is deeper, and yeah. um you know and, and they have somebody like Aiton and Crowder and who you know they can play them at the same time even and and they they can bog down the middle and the passing lanes for Jokic now Jokic still has. 15 points and four assists and six rebounds at halftime. And he's shooting six to 10. So he's shooting 60% from the field. But one of the things that I've noticed Utah doing or Phoenix doing in game one is that they took away his shot attempts. His shot attempts went down. They took away the passing lane for him. So they made other people like a a Composo and a Rivers try, try and fill that void. And, Honestly speaking, I don't think Frank Composo or Austin Rivers is starting on any other team in the NBA right now, let alone a team that's in the the semifinals of a of a, play, of a playoff. To, uh, right. So, and, and Michael Porter Jr. is one for eight tonight. He was not there in Game One. Aaron Gordon has actually stepped up and had a pretty good first game and a half. But if but you can't if, count on that if, every night if either. Michael yeah. Porter does not score twenty five and take and and force Phoenix. To, to, to cover him and maybe even double team him to open up the lane for Jokic. If, if they say, Hey, we're going to let him shoot because he's, he's, he can't hit the side of a barn. If he goes cold, the nuggets don't win because that that's who they're relying on. They're really a two man game on the offensive end. And they're a three man game on the defensive end right now. And they're, I mean, they're missing guys, you know, like Monty, Monte Harris and, and, and Bill Barton, and and Millsap isn't playing significant minutes because he doesn't he could play in the Portland series a little bit more. He he can't match up here. You know, Will Barton's back tonight. He has he has and, and he's contributing, but they need they need to get him and Morris, they need to step it up in the second half. Jamichael yeah. Green's, you know, uh, what are they playing, down ten? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're down, down, down ten. Half. Down 10, 10. Well uh oh, by please. the way, 
go ahead. No, that's fine. Go ahead. No, no, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, hopefully they'll 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 find a way to uh, to bring it back to even in the series one and one because if they have to uh, if they if they fall down, uh, you know, two nothing, two games to none, then it's you know it's going to be yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be tough. Here here here's tough. the difference. Here's the difference is that uh, the Suns are shooting forty almost forty one percent from the field. The Nuggets are shooting 37 percent, mm-hmm. but the Suns are shooting forty percent from three point range. The Nuggets are shooting eighteen percent. Well, there's your uh, yeah. That's the difference. That's the difference in the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and if you look at it that way, it's only ten points. You go, oh, that's not bad. Yeah, you know, if the Nuggets, I, if the Nuggets shoot thirty percent from three point range, they're up by a couple. If right. only Gallinari yeah. was still on the Nuggets. Well, look, <laughs> I'm not giving up on them. I think they can come back. I think, I think the other hard thing is that they're they're working guys back into a lineup in the middle of the playoffs, and that's mm-hmm. always hard. Yeah, that, that's always hard. And you, you're trying to like, you know, Barton's got seven points in nine minutes and he's, he's, he's able to cover maybe two or three positions on the court at any given time. But how is, is he going to get his, he's got to get his game legs back underneath him. And when it comes crunch time, can he be in there? And uh, we'll see the, the, the Nuggets assists are down and their three point shootings down, which tells me that their, their offense is stagnating. They're, they're, they're in too much isolation and they're not hitting their threes because they're they're probably being guarded because they're in isolation. They need to move the ball. It has to go through Jokic, and the guys have to hit shots because if they don't hit the shots, Phoenix is just going to lay back and put two or three guys on Jokic and tell the Nuggets, hey, beat us with your three-point shooting because we, we don't think you can. And so far, they're right. There you go. So. Do we want to make some – I mean, I know some games have been played, but any – Connections, uh, uh, yeah, that's what I meant. Predictions, that's the word. Predictions, connections. I think the NBA is going to do everything. Somebody will win the. I think somebody will win the uh, the championship this year. (laughs) I think Uh, you know what I forgot. Forget I brought it up. I think the NBA Uh, is going to do everything they can to make sure that the Clippers make it to the Western Conference Finals. Having said that, I think you're going to see. I think it's going to be Phoenix and Utah, and I really do think that that is going to be one of the best playoff series you're going to see in a long time ready for mine but that probably not a lot of people will watch yeah you go. Well, especially on the east coast because all the games will start i mean that maybe well, yeah. a couple saturday sunday games no, no, sunday, but sunday, all the games yeah. will be starting at 10 o'clock uh Eastern but also Black. i mean it's you know it's phoenix and utah there look i i think i, I think outside you're, of their home markets i don't get much of it uh, right. and, and what i hope it does is i hope it, it brings uh you know some national exposure to guys like devin booker and and Donovan Mitchell. The fact that Donovan Mitchell wasn't a shoe-in all-star this year, let alone yeah. an all-NBA player, I think he's got a chip on his shoulder. I think Utah's really well coached. I actually think that, uh, of course, I'm forgetting his name, which tells you how much. I think he really deserved Coach of the Year this year for what he's done with this Utah team. Okay. Granted, they were good last year, but they're they're a different team this year, and and I think they're built for the playoffs. And I think in the East, it's the Nets. And and I hope it's the Nets Sixers, and I hope it's a healthy Embiid because I w- I would like to see that. But I think the Sixers are going to have a tough time getting past the Hawks team that has no right giving the Sixers a, a run for their money. And and I think the Nets will get past the Bucks in five or six. I'm going to say it's uh, I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to agree. I'm going to agree. I'm gonna, I'm going to say it's Utah and Phoenix in the West, and uh, the Nets and um, and the Sixers. That's uh, that's where I'm going. And you want me to go beyond that, or you I, think, to I, think, I think I think I think you're going to see the Nets. I think you're going to see it's going to be the Nets 
and the Jazz. Although I'll tell you what, the, the Phoenix and the, and Utah are almost identical versions of each other. I was going to say, and I I think Phoenix maybe I don't know. Uh, I've underestimated Utah all year long. I've said ah, their record they're not as good as their record. They're the best team in basketball. I, I, I and they've proven that they, that they are resilient. And if Donovan Mitchell's on the court, they're tough to beat. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, I I do think it's going to be a slog though. I think that both these series in, in the West are going to be battles. Mm-hmm. And whether they go six seven games, I don't know because the Nuggets are just kind of running out of options again. You know, they're starting Austin Rivers and Frank Composa. Right. I mean, I there hasn't been a weaker player starting in a playoff series since Chris Dudley started at center for the Knicks. <laughs> so um, we'll see. We'll see I'm going to go, I'm gonna go Utah, Utah and Phoenix in the West and um, the Nets and the Sixers in the East. Nets beat the Sixers. Uh, Suns beat the Jazz. And the Nets beat the Jazz. And uh, the Nets beat the uh, Suns. <laughs> and the Nets beat the Jazz. And the Suns win by default because <laughs> the Nets went to the wrong arena. <laughs> they went to Utah instead of Phoenix. Because <laughs> Kyrie Irving was afraid of crossing the uh, Continental Divide. The Divide, yeah. So uh, they, uh, they drove out to Utah instead. Yeah. But, All right. Uh, uh, I think, uh, hmm. yeah, I don't think the Clippers have enough. Playoff P is just lousy. So I, I think Phoenix actually is coming out of the West, and I, I just I don't know. Brooklyn should win it. Brooklyn's going to win everything. They're so good mm-hmm. that means it won't happen. So, uh, <laughs> so you're I don't know. To, maybe so you're going to Atlanta then. <laughs> so you're maybe Atlanta is this year's uh, Miami. If it's Atlanta and Phoenix in the NBA Finals, you're going to see a press conference held by Silver, and he's going to blow his head off in the middle yeah. of the press conference. <laughs> All right, that's what I'm going with. I like Atlanta and Phoenix in the NBA Finals. This year. <laughs> Spoken like a true Nets fan. Radio Pete going out on a limb. You just, you just, it's the reverse of, it's the reverse. He uh, wants to, he wants, he wants right. to pick Atlanta so that he knows right. he's, he, he, he right. where he picks going to no, lose. I, so I know, know what he's doing. I know okay. what he's doing. There you go. Yeah, oh, covering my fat ass is what Co- I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, so before right, so, we before we leave basketball, right? Oh, did you have another factlet or something that you wanted to throw? Oh, out? I just wanted to point out. I don't know if you heard the reports coming out of Dallas, but Porzingis is apparently frustrated with his role on the maps. Uh, Porz- Porzingis is the softest, most overrated <laughs> high draft pick in the history of the NBA. And if uh, I was, if I was. Uh, if I was his partner in crime there, I'd be I'd be happy to see him go somewhere else. He's a crybaby, and he he's not going to help Luca win a championship. He's not going to help anybody win a championship. No. Nope, nope. Yeah. So there you go. All right, now to answer your uh, earlier question, go for it. The thing behind me, there, right. yeah, right. Uh, the white thing is the top of a humidifier. Okay, uh, okay, and on top of that is the filter that goes along with it. Okay, yeah. So there you go. To me, it looked like a rook, a big, 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 fat rook. A big chicken, that. yes. That's a, big. That was the trophy from a chess tournament that I won <laughs> when I was nine years old. There you go. And you keep it in there. And I keep it on top of my dead bird cage. <laughs> dead, dead nuts cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to love it. All right. Um, on that note, a uh, quick uh, couple of uh, NHL uh, things. Um 
The question I was going to ask before it was, who's the team of destiny? Is it the Islanders or is it the Canadiens? I'm going to say it's the Islanders. I really am. I'm going to go out and limit. I'm going to say Barry Trotz has this team, you know, what pretty well. What each of these teams is doing is pretty damn impressive. Yeah. Well, look, I watched the end of the night. I watched the two-thirds or three-fourths of the, the Nuggets, uh, the, the Avalanche game <laughs> last night. And, look, the Avalanche were up in the series 2 nothing. They were up in the game last night 2 nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, I just had a feeling that that overtime was going to be over quickly and it was one mistake i really i've watched i've watched more hockey this year than i have in a lot which isn't a, a ton but I've, I've been watching it because I, I actually am kind of interested um well number one the abs are always on here and number two you know i was interested in the story with the maple leaves and and, and also the canadians obviously i'm an islanders fan so I, you know i'm excited again for them to be back where they are but i don't think i've ever seen two faster teams on the ice than the avalanche and the Golden Knights, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah I, and, I watched a little bit of one of their games. And when you watch, when you watch them compared to the Islanders in Boston and Montreal, I just think that the I who knows who's going to win that series, but I do think the winner of that series, I think they're going to be tough to beat because they just have that balance of scoring and speed. And and look, they both have fairly hot goaltend flurries. Flurry had a good game last night. He gave up an easy goal in the beginning, and then he he was pretty solid for the remaining, you know, remaining portion of regulation and overtime. Right. Um, I, I I don't know. I, I it would be nice to see the Islanders obviously win a championship. I are they? I I think they can beat Montreal. Um, I just don't see them beating either Colorado or or or, or Vegas. Uh, I'm not sure they're going to beat um, Montreal. Tampa Bay. They're going to beat Tampa Bay. That's that's who they play next. Well, they, they, got think, a little, they got a little bit of speed too. Here's yeah. my thing: if, they, if the Islanders can get past Tampa, they're yeah, winning. Tampa might be they're, the favorite still. They're winning. I if think Tampa, they still are. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a great point, John. If the, if the Islanders can dispatch with the Lightning, you, you got to kind of put them. Look, up. I've lived through one Colorado Avalanche, New Jersey Devils final, and it was not fun. <laughs> um, for me. So, so I, I do final. I do not want to live through an island because I will have to go and to these Homer uh <laughs> fucking annoying avalanche fans and be that islander fan. I will have to do that. <laughs> There's gotta be an islander bar somewhere around there. Oh, who the hell knows? Yeah, probably Little Richie's Pizza Place. They're from Long Island. There you go. But uh yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see. So. Look, the, I, 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 I was surprised the Avalanche blew that game last night. I really thought they were kind of a team of destiny. Because, they, look, the Avalanche started out the season not great. They were yeah. they did, they did got off to a really bad start. They, and they've been the hottest team in hockey since. Sure. So I, I still I still think they're going to come back and win the series. I really do. I don't um, think it's – I don't think it's – yeah, I don't think it's going six. I think they're uh, – I think Vegas isn't winning the next game. They're, uh, it'll, they're, it'll come. It'll come back to Denver, and you know that's going to be that's going to be a hell of a game. Yeah. And I think we're back in full capacity here at Ball Arena, so it'll be it'll be pretty loud. Let's just put it that way. This is true. You won't have to rely on tourists to fill the arena. <laughs> there you go. But uh, but yeah, so that's 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 or Elvis my, impersonators. There you go. That's my point, though. Um, if the uh, if the Islanders get past the Lightning, then they're winning it. Uh, I, I think whoever comes out of the uh, 
the East is is winning it. I know, and I'm not saying that by they're going to like run away with it by any means. Whether it is Colorado, Vegas, or Montreal, um, it's going to be a tough series for any of them, uh, and for all of them, it's going it, to it, it'll go deep. But uh, I just really think that if as as with the speed that the Lightning have, if the Islanders are able to get past them. They're the team they're, that proves that they're the team of destiny. And, and I mean, I can't believe the Islanders scored six goals tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, on that note, too, I mean, did you see, uh, um, did you see Bruce Cassidy's uh, comment the other night uh, when they won game three? Was it, uh, I guess it was Monday night or whatever. Um, he said, uh, oh, they must be, they must really be not the Islanders. They got to be the New York Saints because um, we get called for all the penalties and they don't. Yeah, wah, wah. Yeah. And he got, he got, he got fined $25,000. Oh, was he right? following your Facebook account? Apparently. <laughs> Damn right. Uh, he stole my eye. But, uh, is there a lot of poop emojis and ref he symbols? Just, he's just like, <laughs> he's like, damn, damn, damn. And Barry, they, they asked Barry Trotz about it. He says, you got to talk to Bruce about that. I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. He goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, good. I I don't know if he has any stand on with that he doesn't and that's why no. he was fine that's why he was fine 25 grand for saying yeah. it so yeah i mean but, uh, i think anyway. that was just an attempt to play the refs he didn't do it quite as good as pat riley no not at all <laughs> no not at all <laughs> did not so anyway um anything else yeah I one final that... uh story here you can file this under um what planet are you on? Or maybe I think he took a one puck too many to the head. Uh, <laughs> this is from uh, the Winnipeg Jets goalie, Connor uh, Hellebuck. Not sure. sure how to pronounce it. Hellebuck. Hellebuck. Sounds Hellebuck. good. Hellebuck. Uh, <laughs> after, Hellebuck. Uh, anyway, he said, uh, yeah, we're very close to being able to make runs and be a dynasty. It's going to take a few more pieces and we'll be there. Uh, this is after getting swept by the Canadians. By the Canadians. That was his response. So uh, I'm going to put it under. He took one puck too many to the one, head. One puck too many to the head. Well, I mean, if you look, if you look at where they're they not, they're not well, a bad team. And, and they, they're good, they're good, they they're might good. have been the most improved team in the league this year. And they are young. Um, yeah, but so, I mean, I, is anybody really? Dy- is there, has there, is there, there hasn't been a dynasty in hockey since the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, that's it. He's saying we're this close. I mean, to being a dynasty even, the, even the Devils were in a dynasty. I mean, it's just, yeah. Uh, I, I, I think the word dynasty you can't use anymore in sports. You can't because it doesn't mean what it used to mean. To, to, to a lot no, of people today, a dynasty is they're, they're there a couple of years and win one. Right. That's not a dynasty. A dynasty yeah. is perennially winning. Year after year after year, so um, well, it doesn't, it doesn't mean the same like, thing. I think if you win, you know, if you win two or three, three over the course of or, five or well, six, yeah, that's fine yeah. too. Yeah, but I'm talking. Well, what, what was the last team that was uh, within ten years to win three Stanley Cup championships? I mean, we're um, you know, you, you got to go back to uh, you got to go back to the eighties. Yeah. I mean, there was two yeah, dy- there was two dynasties back to back. You had the Islanders and then the Edmonton Oilers, then they were yeah. literally. You know, the last Islander championship was against Gretzky and the Oilers, and then did any of the maybe any of the uh, Red Wing teams? Oh, the Red Wings are good enough stretch. Well, they won a couple. They I would say, I would say the Devils. Yeah, you could you, on a on a lower scale than what the Islanders and the Oilers did well, back how, in the eighties. Well, I mean, you could say the Devils back, and the Red Wings. Yeah. How many yeah. how many championships did the did the Devils win? Uh, they've won three. Was three? They won three, and they were in four. But, they were. They yeah. lost. They lost one, and they 
so in right, that, but, but one of them was in 95 and the other two were in the mid 2000s yeah, that's, yeah i mean there's a, this the spread between there's them a spread is, between them so. that's true yeah kind of so uh what's gates the dynasty or how many how many did uh what's his name uh when did he win only oh. two who's that uh the devil's martin brodeur, brodeur? uh he won two of them oh no he won three of them he won three of them yeah, so I, I would say that he was the the, the, the Martin Brodeur was the last hot dynasty in hockey. I, I think he was. By, I would consider those Devils. And look, had they won against the Avalanche, they were relevant guys. every year. Uh, you know, uh, you know, a couple of years they weren't, but but for the most part, they were relevant pretty much. But he did. I mean, win. they had to. He won three championships with the Devils, right? Yeah. The uh, um, the the Rangers had to get past them in '94 to win their cup. <laughs> Right. Before the yep. year later when they won their first. So, I mean, I would put, look, if, if if we're considering the the Buffalo Bills to be a dynasty or if we're considering, you know, even the, I, I think, I get you. They're on the bubble. It was a big period of time. But I think the Devils are probably the last team to consistently uh, be in that situation. Right. Right. I got you. I mean, the Avalanche came close. They won two, right? Um, but they, they weren't as dominant as the Devils over that those those years. And, uh you know, I don't. I, I haven't seen that. I mean, well, Tan, who, who's has anybody won two championships in the last ten years in the NHL? Uh, Let's see. Kings won a couple. The Kings. So that would be that would be the other team that I think you could maybe consider as a dynasty. Championship years. Looking back here, when did the Red Wings win their last one? Oh, uh, ninety. <laughs> No, oh, here we go. Uh, let's see. 98, 2002, 2008. Uh, 97, 98, 2002, 2008. Yeah, I think I think you could consider just from that's, that 97 that's... to 2002, you can consider the Red Wings. Right. But then I think if, if you're considering putting the Red Wings in there, I think you have to put the Avalanche from those, you know, a little later than that in there I'm going to say a dynasty is, is is three or more wins within a, you know, what a ten year period, and so I think a lot of these teams fall a little short. But um, you know, Tampa Bay's has have they only won one or did they win two? I think they've only won one. Yeah. Uh, but, 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 but yeah, they only won one. Oh no, they yeah. won two. They won. Uh, they won two. They won in '04. I mean, yeah. it's 16 years between, yeah. but they yeah, won in 04. That's true. Yeah. I, you know, we've had a lot of, you know, the Penguins. I mean, they won two in a row, which hasn't happened in a long time. I mean, when was, who was the last team to win two in a row? Uh, did the Kings? No, the Kings didn't do it. Did Boston? No. The Kings won two in three years. Look, Pitt, Pittsburgh won in mean, 09. The, the Blackhawks were the last team to win uh, uh, three in six years. Right. I was just going to look up what the Blackhawks. And, no, and the, the, Penguins, the Penguins went back-to-back in 2016, back, 2017. Penguins went back-to-back, and then they also won in 09. Yep. So, I, I don't know. Is that a dynasty? I think they were close. I think I think the last dynasty. I think I want to go with a dynasty in the sense of the I word. It's going to be the Red, I would put the Red Wings, the Devils, and the Avalanche more in that conversation, even though the Avalanche, the Avalanche did win two, didn't they? Um, the Avalanche. Yeah, Red, Wings, won Red, Wings, Red Wings won three in seven years. Avalanche right. won two in five years. 
two and five. I don't know if two qualifies. To me, that's about. I don't. I couldn't go as far as ten years. I'd say if you if you win like in yeah, I think half, I think half half the, the, the Devils won three in eight years. Yeah, I think that look. So, but, but, the Red Wings, close. the Red Wings won three in three five seven. years. But here's here's Six my years. point: from ninety five oh, right. to two thousand and three, mm-hmm. you had the Devils, the Avalanche, the Red Wings, the Red Wings, Stars, which then you had the Devils, then the Avalanche again, then the Red Wings, and the Devils. Right. So, I mean, the Devils so with the, with the Avalanche exception of ninety nine when the Stars were winning those years, right? And they beat up on each other a lot, especially the Avalanche and the Red Wings leading up to those finals. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say you got to in the, in that realm. I think you got to kind of look at the Pittsburgh Penguins of, of you know recent time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I, I I think the last true dynasties were the Islanders and the Edmonton Oilers. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because the <laughs> Islanders Islanders four in a row. And the Oilers, the, the four, no, five, five in seven years. Yeah, yeah. The no question dynasty. Six those, years. Those, yeah, those are the last one. And then the Canadians before yeah. that, and the and the the Bru- Didn't the Bruins win? Didn't the Bruins have a run there where they won? I think they won like two and two three or three years, years or something. Yeah, back in well, the, the day. Bru- back in the day, Bruins only Bruins won in twenty eleven, but they didn't, yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, back in the like seventies, didn't they have? Didn't they won the, one in the seventies. They won only one. Oh, okay. How about the Flyers? Uh, Flyers must have won a couple. Yeah, I mean, the Canadians won. But the Flyers were always being bounced by the the Islanders. The Canadians won six of nine in the uh, in the fifties. In the no, in the seventies. In the seventies. In the seventies. That's right. So the Flyers did didn't win until the eighties, right? No, Flyers won in seventy four and seventy five. So 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 they won two. And then 74, 75, 76 was Canadians, then Canadians, and then the Islanders the next four four years four in a row years. Canadians, four years in a row Islanders, and then five out uh, of seven. Five out of se- five out of seven for the uh, Oilers. Yeah, I mean that's pretty dominant though. That era was pretty dominant sure. with the Canadians, Islanders, and yeah. Oilers. Could you imagine being a fan of any other team but those three? Well, think think for about that stretch of how many years. Well, but think about that. Well, you have, you have a, a the small one of the smallest markets in the in the world in montreal then you go to long island where everybody's for you know you still had people that hated couldn't give a shit about the islanders because they were all rangers fans and then oh by the way we're gonna go to the far western central you know central rocky part of uh, edmonton right i mean the good thing then is that you had superstars especially on those islanders and then you know gretzky and messier come along and i mean that was great for uh for hockey but I don't think a lot of people, but you had to have cable television back then even to watch the Islanders play. From 1976 to 1990. Three teams. 15 years. Only three teams won, with the exception of 89, was the Flames. Calgary Flames. Yeah. Yeah, Take take 89 out of the mix. Only three teams won. With the best mustache. The best mustache in the history of hockey. Lanny McDonald. You were a fan of one of those teams. You were miserable for those 15 years. I was a big hockey. That was when I was at the peak of being a hockey fan, though. And it was good hockey. I mean, yeah. you have to admit. That was. It, I mean, you know. Yeah, you but if, you, if you'd been a honest. Rangers fan during that period. Oh, I loved it. You'd have been like, what the oh, fuck? Oh, so great. Goddamn Islanders every no, year. Nothing better than seeing Trottier and Bossy beat, beat, beat him at the net and then watching Barry Beck get his ass kicked. It was just the height of my – yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I think it's the most hockey talk we've had in this program. I think it yeah. is. I think you're right. So, well, All right. Uh, who, do we want to do predictions? Yeah, why not? 
Go for it. I'll. Uh... So who, who's going to play who? So to explain that to me, because so it's going to be Islanders. it's going to be uh, the Islanders in Tampa Bay, and then either Mon- Montreal against either the Avalanche or the or the or Gold or Las Vegas. Gold, Las Vegas. Yeah. I think the, I think the winner of the Avalanche. I, I I want Montreal to win, to be honest with you. But I think the winner of the, between Vegas and the Avalanche beat Montreal. So I'm going to be a little bit of a homer. I think I actually think the Golden Knights are a little better position, obviously. Yeah. But I'm going to say, all right, the Avalanche. Are gonna, I'm going to go Avalanche. Oh, I'm going to be a homer across the board. Avalanche Islanders, and go. the Islanders win in seven. There you go. In uh, Denver. And maybe I get a ticket. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say the same thing. Uh, the Islanders, I think the Islanders do get past Tampa, and and solidify the fact that they're the team of destiny this year. I think uh, the Avalanche actually do win Game Six and Seven, and beat uh, and go on a tear and beat uh, Montreal, but then are just so wiped from that. They win two. It's not Game Seven. They lose in six. The Islanders beat. Uh, the Avalanche in six, four to two. I mean, if I'm no. just if I'm being honest and not putting any hope into this, I think Tampa Bay is the best team. Tampa Bay I, is prob- yeah. Tampa Bay is probably the best team of the last of the of the ones uh, left. Yeah, I think the Islanders are gonna. Look, Tampa Bay's had their number for yeah. years, for yeah. years, but they haven't and, played them at all this year. Yeah, I, I don't. I think the that, Islanders only played. They played the Buffalo Sabers twenty three times and the, times, the, the Rangers twice. <laughs> I think That's I think it. it's going to be uh, the uh, the uh, Lightning, and I think Montreal is the team of destiny, and I okay. think they're going to win it all. You know what? With the exception of the Golden Knights, uh, the uniforms just drive me nuts. I, I I'll take any of those other three yeah, teams. The Knights win. are really good, but Montreal. Yeah. Is, I don't know. Yeah, I think they're the team of destiny this year. There you go. Right, well, we we'll heard it here first, folks. You heard it here first. You heard it here uh, first. We waffled and wavered and really didn't make so, a decision. Three so, guys, uh, we made our picks and then said Tampa Bay's the best team. We all about. picked, we, we put, the three of us picked all different teams and then all collectively admitted that. We don't know yeah. what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> well, I'm the only one who picked the best team. Uh, to at least be in the finals, but to not at to least be in the finals, not to win. In hockey, you didn't do that in <laughs> basketball. Yeah, he didn't. He's no. going with Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Gotta love it. All right. Well, on that note, we'll wrap it up for today. We want to thank everybody for watching, and for those of you just listening to the audio podcast, thanks for listening. Don't forget to visit our website, www.getonwithitpodcast. That's getonwithitpodcast.com. And remember, please like us and follow us on all of our social media. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search for the Get On With It podcast. And, of course, uh, all of the shows are on YouTube as well as on the Logger Room channel. I'm sorry. All of the shows are on YouTube as well on the Logger Room channel. There you go. I can read right. Mm. Uh, <laughs> remember, we go live with the video podcast on both Facebook and YouTube every Wednesday night at 7.30. For those of you that just want to listen to the audio podcast, you can do so on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, and Stitcher. And if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to one or more of those feeds and you'll never miss a show. Again, thanks for following along with us. Have a great rest of your week. Watch a lot of sports. Enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs and enjoy the basketball uh, conference semifinals that are going on right now. And have a wonderful weekend. Of course, watch all your baseball. And we will talk to you soon, folks. Have a good one. Take care. Cheers. You know what the best bird of prey is? What is that? Canadian hawk. Canadian hawk. The Canadian hawk. So... (laughs) (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.
That's, so that's why you picked that's, Atlanta? That's why you picked sure, Atlanta and Montreal. Why not? <laughs> there, there you, you go. go. That's talking about a destiny. There you go. <laughs> Bye, folks. Cheers. See you later.